What is up, guys? Talking with Tonka, Season 2, Episode 5. We are on location today. What do you call this part of the city? This is Fishtown. Fishtown. We're in Fishtown, Fishtown at LB Cuts. Long-awaited episode Welcome, everyone. with my buddy, Louis Bravo. That's L-U-I-S. <laughs> Straight government, huh? Yeah, oh, that's how I do it. Right, government. Right out government. of Government. But he is the owner and operator of LB Cuts. What's up, man? What's going on, man? How are you? Chilling, chilling. Thanks for... Uh, this is so dope. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? It's different. Dude, it is. <laughs> I used to go into the club seeing you, and that was... Decades ago yeah. now, but oh, don't let's not bring that up. Oh no! <laughs> but like we're all comfy here in some barber chairs. This is uh, a perfect uh, like backdrop for you because when people see Louis Bravo, they see barber. Yeah. So that having it here is just was a lot better than my house. Dude, I appreciate you being willing to come out here, man. Yeah, yeah. You it's, know? I mean, I'm here twice a week anyway. So yeah. <laughs> This will be my second visit. Happy to take your money every yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I guess, do you have, do you have like customers, like guests that you've had long as me? Um, Yeah, we definitely do. Yeah, I have, I have a, a couple guys that have been with me 10 to 20 years. Yeah. But you're definitely up there. You're, yeah. you're, you're cut back, cut back since I was like 18. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to admit how long ago that was. Yeah, I know, me either. But people know that I just turned 40, so they can probably yeah. uh, catch the drift on that. Mm-hmm. But uh, this, it's funny, me and my brother, when you first started cutting our hair, we literally followed you everywhere. You did. You went, we went from your mom's basement Man. to the beauty, the beauty school up on yeah. by Woodhaven, what was called Frankel Mills then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> by Frankel Mills, Empire remember? Beauty School, yeah. Yeah, you used to bring Road. me in there to like, oh, dude, I need to get like two more scalp treatments. <laughs> Can you come in and give me a scalp treatment? <laughs> you remember that? Dude, I remember that, yeah. Those yeah. the requirements to graduate. Yeah, yeah, and I broke out from it. You remember? <laughs> no, I don't remember the <laughs> yeah, breakout, yeah. but... My scalp was like red for like three days. <laughs> oh, my God. Man, then, I appreciate you. Yeah, you used to have to bring me in like when the front door girl wasn't there. Like to get me a haircut. You remember? Yup. <laughs> he used to like Dude. sneak me in. It's funny. Like this podcast, you're going to see a lot of la- hearing, a lot of laughing, a lot of like reminiscing because Lewis is like been in my life for a long time, like we said. But yeah, we've been friends for a long time. Yeah. And then after Empire, you went to Blades. I did. So like me and my brother, you were cutting me and my brother after hours. <laughs> I, I don't even want to count how many places you followed me to. Oh, dude, it's been a while. Quickly, it's one, two, three, then Browse. Yeah. Then my shop. Yep. Then the loft. Yep. Then Bridesburg. When you found about your apartment. Your apartment too. Yeah. Yeah. On Cough Cotman Ave. Wasn't it Cotman Ave? There was a or was that the loft? The loft. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was the loft. Yeah. Yeah. You actually had like my dream apartment then. Bro, that was still my favorite spot. Yeah. <laughs> like I always want one of those apartments where like you go up a couple of little steps and then that's your bedroom and you look over yep. everything. Dude. This dude had like the perfect <clears throat> bachelor pad. pad. And then you, I think I love you met, my wife. I love yeah, my kids. I, I, I'm saying. I think you that met was, Amanda when you got I that did. apartment. Yes. <laughs> yep. And only had it for shortly after that. Yeah. That, and that, that apartment was sick, man. And it's funny like watching. People still bring that up. Oh, dude, that we had a pool table while we waited. Yeah, <laughs> like how dope was that? If you had an arcade machine in here, there'd be a, one thing you I would say add. Dude, it was like an arcade machine. Uh, the dartboard. Oh yeah, you I had, had the hoverboard board. in there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, everything. <clears throat> Sorry, I don't know why. What's going on here? I'm a little froggy today. I don't know. I was like Mondays. Well, it's funny. Um, me and Grizel were out yesterday, just doing normal Sunday shopping and stuff like that, and. uh 
we were going to go out and watch the, the night game yesterday. Okay. If uh, This is going to air a week and a half from now. So the night game I'm referring to is San Fran, Detroit. Detroit. Um, but Crazy comeback. Yeah. Oh, dude, it was wild. So we were going to go out, and she was like, oh, I don't really – because you know how it is. When you go out, it's like you're probably going to have a drink. Like, even if it's one. She's like, we've been drinking like three days in a row. Let's just not drink tonight. So I was like, yeah, I got a podcast tomorrow. I don't want to be like groggy. And here I am with like a froggy voice. <laughs> <laughs> with no alcohol. It's yeah, just... with none. No alcohol or nothing. And I didn't <sighs> really drink on Saturday. I, uh, I I played at this spot. I was like, kind of like didn't know what to expect because it's like a local bar, but it has like a third floor with like a dance spot. Nice. Literally. The most fun I've had DJing in a long time. Yeah, yeah, because the, the crowd, like the crowd, uh, they just eat off your, eat out of the palm of my oh, hand. Oh man, whatever love I played, that. they loved, and it, and that's what I like. So this brings me to my first point with you. So everyone was between the ages of thirty-eight and forty-three, is what you're saying. No, everyone was twenty-one <laughs> to oh, thirty. Shit. Oh damn! So I like they were that. young and they were fucking with me, which is like, and, and I and sometimes I get on the mic, yo, stay with me, stay with me. When I try to do like a weird thing that I, one of these weird transitions that I did. Right. And they just fucked with me all night. And oh, it was like, that. it was this non judgmental, like barely any phones on their fucking foreheads. But <laughs> this is where, uh, this is where I like to, yep, see this camera went off on me already. Yeah. Oh, I gotta love GoPros. I'm telling you, I had looking at iPads yesterday. It's, it's about to get an upgrade heavy over here. Let's go. But um, this is my, this might be my first kind of leap into this. It was like, do you, when, when do you love cutting hair? Like, like, when do you get, like, do you ever have that moment? Like, man, this is why I do this. Um, Yeah, definitely, man. I think it's people's reaction when they look at the haircut. Mm-hmm. You know, typically as a barber, you're facing uh, with the chair and the client are facing away from the mirror. Um, you know, you get your people that like to peek and all that. But yeah, um, I think it's that feeling of satisfaction or, or gratification knowing that they got the, the look that they want, you know. Right. And it makes, you know, you get comments that will, you know, be like, oh, man, I, I feel clean. I feel younger. I feel, you know what I mean? Like they, you, you know that their appearance just made them way more confident. Right. You know, and you know, I love cutting hair anyway. It's, it's, it's an art form that I, I say these days it found me at 13 years old, but it was, uh, it's, it's really that for the client. Like if that could be payment, I would accept that, you know? Oh wow. But if, but we all know, yeah. clearly this is a business transaction. <laughs> we need, yeah. you know, money, currency to eat, yeah. live, so, but no, really, it's a, it's, it's that satisfaction that someone gets. And then on top of it, of course, is, you know, the, um, the reviews and when people let me know, man, like your attention here, your hospitality here, you know, it, be, it makes like, it makes for a whole experience, you know, people, um, it's a compliment for me when people come in and they don't mind waiting because yeah. of the cup of coffee they can sip on, you know, sometimes it's for people, you know, their escape for an hour, you know, and that's, you know, in this business, there's someone for everyone, but I love the people that come in here because they choose to come in here. You know, they choose to not only um, do they like the product and the quality behind it, because we do have that, you know, as I like to say, like higher level standard, a higher standard of, of product. Yeah. But the attention, the, the attention that people get, you know what I mean? Again, with walking in, being said hello to um being offered a bottle of something as simple as a bottle of water. Oh, and dude. And it, today people, it's helping. <laughs> people love that, though, man. Yeah. You know, people love that. And it's 
shocking to me when they tell me like wow this is the first place i ever walked into that offered me like a, a bottle of water or a cup of coffee and Your old barber if shop the, it was if a, it's the right time yeah now it's a beer man the old yeah, shop levick street was like yeah you, you came in you're like tonka pour some shots <laughs> uh, actually he doesn't call me tonka he calls me eric but eric club eric club yeah <laughs> still saved in my phone is eric club. yeah like, yeah refuse to go eric vander's like yeah no 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 one <laughs> no. does it's either tonka or eric in their phones but it's yeah. funny when you say the hospitality thing is like even when you don't, it's not even your client. You're you're greeting in the same way as the barber. That barber should be greeting them, but you're the first one they see when they come in the door. You were uh, Kimberly, mm-hmm. so it's like your hospitality is not just with your clients; it's with the whole barber shop. Which is, is like, I commend you for that because like you're busy, you're talking, you're you know communicating with your client, and then you step out of the box just for a second, and you get into that manager role, that owner role, and you're like, hey, man, uh, and you somehow know their name, and then you're like... <laughs> I, I cheat sometimes. Yeah, 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 so you're like, uh, do you need a drink? you need a water, coffee, or anything, magazine? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's... And something as simple as even acknowledging them, like, you know, an eye-to-eye contact and a nod. Yeah. People appreciate that. Oh, uh, dude. You know, yeah, it goes a long way. It goes a long way, you know? Yeah. And for me, it's not unnatural to be that way you know my parents always taught me like if someone comes in the house you know you greet them take their jacket hey eric would you sit down would you like something to drink yeah so it's it's really not anything different than if you were to show up to my house you know yeah. i'm just not cutting your hair you yeah know what i mean like eric come in let me take your coat sit down would, would you like to eat drink you yeah know what i mean it's just who we are and you were we the are. same way when you were cutting in your mom's basement because you'd be like go play uh go play video games with kiko, PlayStation with kiko. Yeah. <laughs> he was like five <laughs> he's beating me at video games and i was like why am i here i'm getting tortured <laughs> yeah. had you wait nice and easy yeah though, i don't think he was five he might i don't he might have been a little older than five but that's he was that's how long i've known your family but that just shows but it, so you brought up a point when you were talking there that you started cutting hair when you were 13? I did. Yeah. So let's dive into that. Like, what made you pick up a pair of clippers or scissors? Um, the clippers, well, my brother one day needed a haircut. Um, I'm about six years older than him. So my dad, he always had a set of clippers because he would just do a one clip all around. And um, at the time, I would be going to get a haircut after school. I was like, you know, eighth grade, ninth grade. So I would just walk to the local barbershop and then get a haircut. Uh, but my brother needed it. We were going somewhere, and I said to my mom, I'm like, I'll do it. Just, I don't know what made me say it. I just went downstairs, grabbed my dad's clippers, came back up, and my mom's like, my mom's reaction was, wow, that doesn't look so bad. Yeah. You know? and I, I wish we had cameras. I wish we had pictures of this right now because it's probably such a trash haircut. Yeah, yeah. But um, no, since then, I've just been fascinated with the craft, man, and I just never really stopped. I you know, slowed down bits and pieces through high school. Yeah. Um, you know, falling off of um, falling off of it just because of, you know, probably a little self-esteem. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, you know, I remember one time I had a, I didn't think it was a bad haircut, but I cut my homie's hair. He's still a client, by the way, my buddy Christian. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. I cut his hair, went into school, and everyone was clowning him for the haircut that he got. You know what I mean? And I, that hurt my self-esteem so bad that I stopped cutting for about four or five months. And another homie of mine was like, uh, this kid, Sean, he's like, Lou, just let's dude, let's go. Let's get back in the chair. And I was like, man, I don't know, dude. Like that. I was, I was ridiculed. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so he's like, nah, fuck that. Let's go. And I was like, all right, if I do this, I'm going to get the right clippers and I'm going to do this the right way. And uh, so I went to Sally's. I bought these uh, Andy's T-line trimmers 
And I was like, all right, here we go. Because prior to this, I was shaping people up with like a, a cup of hot water and like a normal razor. Oh, you know wow. I mean? So I was only, I only had the clipper, not the actual the trimmer t- yeah. for shaping up. I still don't have a good shape you know? clipper. <laughs> I gave you one. Yeah, you did. Up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, man, since, the, since then, though, um, since the, the Andy's TI liner and, the, uh, and my homie reintroducing me, I mean, he really was like, yo, come on, I don't care, let's keep trying it. Um, I just never looked back. That was probably yeah. like my sophomore year of high school, and then I got you know a little bit busier through sophomore year, charging $5 a, a haircut, and then by senior year, I think I was at $8. But I was still, you know, I was still school, soccer, um, you know, I was still working at either Dunkin' Donuts or Polo Ralph Lauren. I spent some time there. Yeah. Uh, but the the haircut thing was always like what I it was it was side money, but it yeah. was my, it was more of my passion. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, was, yeah. I was starting to like it. You know. Yeah. And so uh, after high school, for me was okay. Either I had a, a quick chance to play uh, D three soccer at Manor College. Um, but after playing with them for the summer. The coach, I remember saying to me, like, Lou, you got to make a decision. What are you going to do? I know you're interested in hair school, too. And went home, talked to my mom about it, and uh, I just decided to go for hair school. It was just seemed like the right thing to do, you know? Yeah. Um, And here we are. And I was at 18 years old, you know? And how old are you now, Lou? 38. Yeah, so 20 <sighs> years. 20 years, man. That's yep. wild, bro. Licensed technically at 19, so I got 19 years licensed, but been practicing the craft for over 20 years, yeah. Damn. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Cause I'm 40. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. I walked you into your 21st. Yeah, yeah. So party. that's how that's how fresh bu- haircut. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, man. Yeah. Yep. So I didn't even know that. That 13 year old sir. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Wow. So that, yeah, was- I'm pretty sure there's gonna be a lot of things in this podcast where I just like, I didn't even know that. I didn't even know that. I didn't even know that. Ooh. There's not gonna be much, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah, no, we know like, a lot about each other. I feel like um, barbers are kind of like bartenders in a way where you're like the therapist for people. Been told that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So like, don't get paid like one, but no, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. So well, hopefully the tips some kind of reflect oh, yeah. how, how you help them throughout the day. But um, so this is kind of how this it amazes me. You remember everything. Yeah, I try. I try yeah, my best. Yeah. And, I, and honestly, this is this is full transparency. I don't know what about me allows me to remember a specific hairstyle or trend or, yeah. or, or like specs of someone's description on a haircut. But like, I'm good at that. And then, yeah. you know, because if you. If you ask me what last night's football score was, I have no idea. Yeah. I just looked it up this morning, and I have no idea what the score was. But uh, I know the winner. But when you tell me, yo, Lou, the haircut that we did 10 years ago, I'm like, run me back to the year. And I'm like, all right, cool. We did something like this, right? And it always comes right back to me, you know? Yeah. Um, and something else is like I, I try and associate, you know, I try and just get to know the person. You know what I mean? Like without being intrusive or invasive into their life, not at all. It's just, you know, you know. Eric, the DJ, who also is interested in, you know, and, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. try and relate something, you know. Um, but, yeah, man, I, dude, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just the desire to always want to give someone that, that proper attention. Yeah. But, yeah. That's just, wild. Yeah, man. It's wild to me because, like, you'll bring up shit that I was like, uh, I just forgot even I, I, I even told you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Jesus Christmas, man. I was like, how do you? It's funny. I say Jesus Christmas now. I don't know where I got that. I say it all the time. It works for you, bro. 
I don't think you're offending anyone. No, no, I don't know why I say that. It's so corny. But it's like, so it, like I, I sat down with you Friday because I was like, oh, if we're going to be on camera, I'm at your barbershop. I'm going to make sure I look, got that fresh LB. You know what I'm saying? Appreciate it's, it. It's funny. Now I sit with Mike sometimes because your book is like always booked up. You know me, I book you know, like an idiot. Sometimes I forget. Ah, that's all right, dude. Yeah, because I used to be in Lewis's book every other Saturday, like same time, yeah. when like for a long Religious. time. Religious. Yep. Yeah. And then, you know, with life busy and everything, I had to start moving stuff around. And now especially like the Phillies and all that stuff. So like my yeah, weekends. Yeah, so happy like, for you with that. Yeah, thanks, man. Dude, I, your accomplishments. <laughs> Watch, <laughs> see, seeing the Eric story unfold and blossom has been really cool. I appreciate that, man. Really You're one of the... People that have known me the longest that can actually have seen me progress throughout the no, year. No, and, and I guess that's why I say it and, it, and it hits close to home because yeah. you know you've always supported me, and um, you know I, I've loved watching you grow too, man. Yeah, it's, same it's awesome. here, man. And this shit here is the dopest, man. Yeah, this. So this, say, watch go, going into the watching you grow. Me and my brother literally followed you from your mom's basement. Well, I don't think my brother was using you in your mom's basement, but I brought my brother to you. I think when you were at Blades. Yeah, it wasn't long after no, you. No, no. So I think I started, maybe it might have been before. I'm not really sure because that was such a long time ago. <laughs> and we had easy haircuts back then. We were doing blowouts. Oh, My brother had like a wicked blowout. Now dude, he was, I can't tell you what your brother used to get now. He's had long hair for so long. Dude, and it's, he I literally looks remember. like Forrest Gump when he came back from running. Like it's yeah. so long and gray. But <laughs> I hope you hear that, Mike. <laughs> he loves it though. Oh, dude, he's running with it. It looks good on him though. To and be I, honest, it's I, I've grown I've grown to like it. Now. Yeah. It's like it's here. It's, it's, I, when it's I had long look. hair, it looked like shit. So <laughs> you had to maintain yours a little bit, but yeah, otherwise yeah. he's got a great head of hair. I, I'm losing it in the front. It's terrible. But I'm bald as shit. So anybody with long hair, I'm probably gonna be like, yeah, 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 rock that. Oh, because I had something I want to bring up, but I let's touch on that real quick. Go. So being a bald barber, <laughs> right? Does that do people are like, do they give you like a second? Yeah, some look? people give a side like, eye. Like, do you, huh? Do you, huh? Do you know how to cut I hair? Because you don't have any. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not helping me as far as like my appearance, right? Yeah, you yeah. Know what I mean, but no, people do sometimes. They associate that like you're a bald barber, and I'm like, yeah. How you common? You don't have to have how hair in order to cut it. Um. It's not as common anymore, I guess, because, yeah. you know, people have gotten to know me and they kind of know. Well, no, how, 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 is it common for bar barbers to be bald? Is there a lot of bald barbers? Yeah, I think, I think, you know, I know of a bunch. You yeah, know okay. I mean? but, you know, yeah, you I know, know more than 10. <laughs> Do you know more than five? More than five. Okay, we'll more say than more, five, than more than five. All right, so that's pretty good. Yeah. All right, so let's let's tap in back to because out of that I had to get that's that. That's funny. Joke. This is a topic on in, in our in our barber industry and social media. Yeah, yeah. Because I had to get I had to, I had to put that bar, in there because I always wondered that good. the people like look at you like, homie don't got no hair. <laughs> <laughs> is he gonna make me look like that? <laughs> like, what if someone comes at, at like that you're wearing a hat, right? And they'll be like, let me see what your hair looks like. <laughs> like, yeah. what, what do you do? <laughs> I just pick that shit. Clean, baby. Clean. <laughs> How do you? I always joke with the kids, though. The funnest, the funnest part is joking with the kids. Like, oh. they sit in my chair and I go, so. You want to look like you want, you want this haircut? We just reset it, restart. <laughs> you know what I mean? Start a new trend. Yeah. Like, no. They yeah. always give me that scared look. Like, no. Oh my God. No. no don't do that. No. <laughs> sure. I can just we give can me just the LB. It. Give me the LB. Do you use a straight razor? I do. Yeah. That's yeah. Dangerous. It is. You got it took me veins. a long time. You got some veins up there. <laughs> Bro, it took me a long time. Yeah, I bet. Really, dude. I was even though I, I mean. One self-esteem wise, that bothered my soul when I was in my twenties. Yeah. Now anymore. It is what it is. It's just who I am. One you know? thing I will say, 
when I first met Lewis, he had the hair I always dreamed about having. Oh, I miss that. He had long hair and it was permed. It was permed up. <laughs> had a little curl going in the oh, back. Oh, dude. It was flowing, man. He had the, he had the, the, it he was had what the, you had except curly. Yeah. He had the polo strap back hat. He had oh, you're he had me back right now, dude. Yo, he lived in stra- <laughs> at Polo stra- like the strap down, like the strap johns, like yep. all the That's time. When I used to work at the store, and I was getting, well, I don't even know, about forty percent off. Yeah. I was like, let's go. Have I want to say you gave me that. that hookup once. I probably did. That's probably why I got fired. Yeah, he was yeah. probably. Yeah, I, I want to say it was like Franco Mills or some yeah. shit that you were working at. Right? I, it was at Franco Mills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I used to get those expensive johns with the real. Oh man, the I, real horse, dude. <laughs> I remember the day that they fired me, they called me into the office and they were like, uh, I had given my cousin hell of a discount, like 40 plus another, I don't even know what. And there was no one looking at me at the time. You know, I was young and dumb. I wouldn't do that today. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, I like to think that there's way more integrity behind me and my character. But, uh, you know, back then it was just youthful teenage stuff. And, you know, got got away with it for as long as possible. And, uh, yeah. So let's let's start off the, the people that, you know, that may be listening to this podcast that they're, they're new to your shop. Right. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the Lou Bravo, like where you started. So like you, well, we already touched on, you were in your mom's basement kind mm-hmm. after school, after, before the club, <laughs> you know what I mean? Then you went to empire and then where was it after empire? Was it blades? It was blades. Yeah. It blades happened to be, I mean, right around the corner, literally around, right around the, corner the corner from school. So that was an easy transition. Um, it was suggested to me by, a mutual friend of mine uh, and the owner of that shop. So um, I went there and yeah, he gave me a chance. You know, I think I lasted there maybe almost two years. Um, from there, I went towards, uh, well, if we're going to be honest on here, like I left that location after wanting, I was, I was, there was another barber. His name was Adam. And he asked me, he's like, dude, he's like, I'm going to go rent out this little basement two chairs do you want to do it with me and I you know of course I was like all right well tell me more about it we talked about the money and it was like okay we could afford it but it was really like each one of us splitting everything because there was only one chair for him one chair for me um we approached the owner at the time with this you know plan or at least idea of us leaving and he reminded us that we had a non-compete so I remember saying to him like no no I don't I don't have a not and he's like yeah you do and Adam reminded me, he's like, remember that day that he asked you to uh, go down and sign something? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, that was like a conduct sheet, like how to how to like behave in here and like proper attire to wear, you know, while working. And he's like, yeah, well, a few pages later, a few pages later, there was a non-compete that said I couldn't work within 10 miles of a shop, a 10 mile radius, which, you know, geographically, that's like the whole city. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm like, whoa. <clears throat> and being 19 years old, naive gullible just not knowing any better um i had signed a piece of paper saying that and so the place that we were looking at was only about two or maybe three and a quarter miles away from his location yeah so anyway um we we were honest we we sat him down and we're like his name was uh tony we're like tony we're we're, you know we're gonna leave we're gonna be doing this and he's like remember i gotta non-compete and i remember saying to him like if you give me five percent more i'll stay and we were at 50-50. So it was about a year and eight months I was working with him. And I said, give me 5% more and I'll stay at 55%. He's like, nah. And I was like, all right, peace the fuck out, bro. And we went and, you know, sure as shit. Four weeks later, we get subpoenaed papers. We were going to, we had to go to court. Um, 
I remember court date was we had left in the month of August. We got subpoenaed papers in uh, September and December 20th was our court date. And I remember going there with this half-assed lawyer who didn't really help us that much. You know, took our money, didn't really help us that much. Um, it was on a Monday, December 20th of whatever year. And the judge ordered for six miles and not 10. But it still didn't help us because geographically we were 3.25 miles away. So what I asked our lawyer for at the time was like, can you get it? Can you get them to extend it to January 1st so that we can at least have our Christmas season, busier time of the year? And then January 1st, I'd figure it out. And the judge said no to that. So the judge was like, no, as of today. So that was like a big slap to the face. And I was like, man, what do I do now? So I literally went, left court, went and packed up my stuff and irked my soul because. Sorry, this is the one off. This was the one right off of. Um Academy. Uh, Academy. Right. It was like that corner shop right near that school. Right near the right? school. Yep. I remember I graffitied on the fridge there. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, I remember that one. <laughs> on the fridge in there? Yeah, the L- I, I, I graffitied oh, I LB. I remember you doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, cool. Yeah, 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 little white fridge. Yeah, 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 yeah. The white, John. You kept it to like your, I want to say like your cop and app, your, your, no, the place that you had, the, your house that you had off of Gerard. I think you still had it. No shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Damn. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I was dude, to make sure I, I remember those, you doing that. The spot's right. Um, it was the top part of the fridge. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shoo. Yeah. Going so, back. so now, now your world's crumbling. Now, so yeah. you're like, fuck. What do I do? I'm like, oh my god. I tried the travel barber thing, like going to people's, you know, packing my stuff up, going to people's houses for one day, and I was like, no, this ain't for me. So there was um, there was a barber interested in me working with them in Mayfair, and Mayfair worked well because it was beyond the six mile, you know, radius that I had to be. So. That worked out, and I was like, "Well, this is what I got to do." So I remember, get, I remember uh, starting there, and the owner didn't, hadn't even met me yet. But the 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 barber, his name was Nick. He, you know, pretty much like vouched for me. You know what I mean? He he gave me the credit. He told the owner, like, "Yo, we want this guy here, or whatever." So I went down there, and I remember I started two days later. I met the owner, and the owner was like. He's like, hey, I'm Leo. Nice to meet you, whatever. And I remember being right up front with him, like, "Yeah, what's going on, man?" I'm like, look. I'm here temporarily. I am not going to sign a fucking thing. Um, you know, I plan on at some point having my own shop. But while I'm here, you will get my 100% energy. Like, you're going to get, you know, f- you know, full-on focus from me. And uh, he's like, all right. He's like, the one thing, because remember, this is the week of Christmas. So he's like, the one thing I'll ask of you is you can't take any walk-ins until January 1st just to not take away any money from, from these guys. And I said, no problem. I have my own clientele. You know, I was young at the time, but I still had my own clientele. So, um, this was on browse. This was on browse. Right. Yep. What this was the name of that shop? That one was called razor. Okay. Razor barbershop. Yep. So that's what got me started there. And my mom brought up to me as I was opening up my first shop, because I, I landed there around 21 years old and right around 24 i started the idea of you know opening up my own shop yeah honestly just based off of being able to afford a space you know not knowing that i was going to be running a business right so my mom reminded me as i was opening up the doors to that to that place um you were actually technically my very first haircut and i was yeah remember that was, a, that was a sunday night and i said i was going to open up uh, May 18th, which was a Tuesday. And I kept my schedule the same Tuesday yeah. through Saturday, but you needed something for something. And I, and I, you were my very first haircut, yeah. May 16th, Sunday yep. night in there. And paint I was still drying. It was still drying, bro. And, uh, 
I because I remember wanting to give that um to my brother. Oh, Having, snap. yeah, yeah. So he was my very first on a uh, day of operation. Yeah, yeah. You were technically, you know, hush, Sorry, hush, Kiko. <laughs> hush, hush. You, yeah. were, you were my very That's first. That's what you get for beating me at Madden 17 million times. <laughs> yeah, man. And uh, so I spent three and a half years there. Um, at Razor, right? At I was going to say, you yeah. were there for a minute. Yeah, I told him I was going to be there for two, and I spent three and a half. Adam, Adam was the, the red haired kid. He was, yeah. He Paul was Barber. bald. He was bald. Paul I was Barber. just going to bring that up. Yeah. He still cuts uh, our friend Matt's kids' hair. He does. Oh, yeah. 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 It's not far from them. Yeah. Because he's still at Razor, right? Or no? Uh, I don't think his shop is called Razor. No. Um, Adam is, I don't know what the name of the shop is, but I think he like, he works with a few other also well-known barbers. I know Joe Kim is one of them. Um, like super good bar. Like it's a lot good, of good that he's still yeah. doing it. Yeah. It's still, he's still like after that, like yeah, turmoil I, I and everything. In the real estate game too. He's, he's doing some stuff. Man. You still keep in touch with him? Every so often. I want to say like once a year we talk. Yeah, that's once what's up. Just a quick phone call. Yeah, you know, yeah. Say hello and then Cause you know, I, wish I each remember other well. Razor because uh, you had you had to walk you walk in and who was the guy that right? That was Nick. Nick, right. No, he yeah, went by yeah. Fluff. Fluff, that's yeah, right. He I went by I Fluff. Remember, I want to say Puff because I know I know a bigger His brother went by Puff. Puff. Yeah, I know a, yeah. I know I know a guy named that Puff. Guy that took was, me I wanted to say I wanted to say that for so long. But Adam was in the who was in the middle? Was it not Adam? Doubt in the middle. I think there was a couple people, but the one that I, I could have swore Adam worked there too. No, Adam no? never worked there. That was Marco, who worked oh. in between us. Was this uh, this kid named Marco? Oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe I had it wrong. Oh, my memory's not as yeah. good as I thought. But I made fun of him because he had Yankee shoes. Oh, okay, so, probably. Yeah. Right. Enough. And then let's move to Lavic Street. Cool. We're we're now at Lavic Street. Yeah. It's a so it's another basement barber shop that you turned into a great establishment. Man. Yeah, I didn't I didn't know what I had when I had it. Right. You know, if I'm being honest, um, again, I opened up that place just based on uh, being able to afford a rent and knowing can I, that, can I ask you, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Where, no. what, what would, what was rent when you say rent? Like what is rent for a barbershop back in what year was that? That was 2010, May of 2010. So what's rent looking like in 2010 for a barbershop? Um, we were, it wasn't far from the shop that I had left. So we were about a mile away on uh, Frankfurt and Levick. Um, it was another, it was the basement of a corner property. So square footage was maybe six, 700, not big at all. Yeah, it wasn't But big. I was paying uh, 900 for the first year, and I think they jumped me to 1,000. Yeah, they that. probably totally saw how busy you were. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so they saw that. Um, so you walk in this barbershop, there's three chairs, right? There was, yeah. There's three and chairs. And I created a fourth station. Yep. Oh, you, oh, that's right. For yeah, uh, I, Lizbeth was working yeah, there when for a little sister, bit. Yep, yep. She, was, she came in doing some women's hair there. Um, man, we tried a lot there, but, uh, yeah, essentially I had four chair. Eventually I had four chairs operating out of there. Yeah. And yeah. Th so when does, um, so you came in this barbershop, you were there in 2010. I was the first haircut. <laughs> <laughs> so 2010, you're cutting in this barbershop. And I think, is this where you met Patty Reagan? Small foot, small foot Patty. Small foot Patty. Yeah. Only you call him that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, that's my boy. Um, yeah, that's Patty was technically my very first employee at that location. I thought so. Okay, that's yeah, why I wanted to bring him up. I was working up. there by myself for about six months. Wow, um, really? Yeah, it was about six months because he started with me. I remember it was a mutual friend of Patty and I's who introduced us. He was, um, the guy's name was Mike. Mike's like, yo, I got this young kid. He's from the Fox Chase, Long, uh, Rockledge area. He's cutting hair out of his basement. He's like, Lou, he started off just like you, like, work, you know, working out of the basement. Yeah. And I'm like, does he have a license? And he's like, no. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, that, that's, that's, it was, 
you know, it's such a thing to have a, yeah. a barber's license just for legal reasons. You know what I mean? So, um, like, I believe so many people can cut hair. Do you need a license to cut hair? No. But if you want to do it professionally, yes. Yeah. So uh, give them a chance anyway. You know, um, I was at I was at my location, my very first shop, May of 2010. Um, Patty came in around November, December that year. And Patty and I worked together for almost two years. Yeah, I thought yeah, so. Almost two time. years, man. And he's now where he is. You know, yeah, needless yeah. to say, he's killing it. NFL barber, UFC barber. Yeah, it's wild. Um, you know, he gave he was uh, uh, the plug that you know gave me the opportunity of cutting Travis Kelsey a few months ago. Yeah. So it's um, you know, and I, you know, him and I, we had a good relationship. Until we didn't, you know, I, it was the first person I had a fire. I didn't really know how to do that. Yeah. Um, but things were going on and he needed a break. So, um, you know, he took his break. And yeah. Now, you know, reset so killing it. how long were you at the Levick Street location? I was there seven <clears throat> years. Wow. Man. Seven years, bro. Damn, that is yeah. wild. I still see the picture back here of you and Kevin Hart out front of that spot. <laughs> yeah, when I ran into him. That yeah. was actually, that wasn't a, that was a Chicago I ran, I ran into Chicago. Dude, for that looks like the front of your shop. Does it? Dude, we should. I, I'm going to take a picture and put it on camera. And you guys can tell me if I'm, Bro, if I'm I fucked up. I jumped it, into that. Um, it literally looks because there's a gate involved. Because it, it literally looks like, like a gate of a house. It looks yeah. like it was in the front of your shop, bro. Yeah. No, it's just somewhere in the middle of Chicago. I'm I literally thought that was in front of your shop. <laughs> visiting a friend. We're, we're eating at a TGIF. And... Uh, yeah, the whispers of Kevin Hart. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, oh, hell no. I got to jump in this, dude. Yeah. So I'm jumping in like, dude, I know you went to Washington. I went to Northeast. And he's like, I can't talk right now, man. I can't take a picture. I'm trying to tell this guy I can't take a picture. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, you know, snap the picture real quick. And that's what you see. So uh, <laughs> you know, I'm an idiot. Me though. trying to, me trying to. Why did I think he trying to make it? Mayfair Mall. <laughs> Mayfair Strip Mall. That was this dumb on my part. But uh, so you're at Levy Street seven years. Yes. I can't believe that. Man. That place was like a Taught party. Me so much. That was like it a was. party. Oh my God, was it? I remember you introduced me to cinnamon tequila. Remember mm -hmm. that gas monkey cinnamon tequila? Oh my God. That was dangerous. Bro. That, I don't know what we were thinking with that. No. I, I, <laughs> oh. I just just thinking back, the smell comes back to me and I'm like, ooh. Yeah. Oh, dude. Ooh. Well, that's when Fireball was huge. Oh my God. I don't even want to. I wish we could count how many handles we went through. Yeah, 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 yeah. You'd be like, all right, pour them, up, pour them up, pour them up, pour them up. I'm like, yeah, it's they, sh they should be powering this podcast right now. Yeah, I know. Spend oh with Fireball, man. Dad, that was so that. Damn. Yeah, we partied in there, man. We were 20s. We were hanging out. You know, I was, uh, you know, I was living, man. I was living yeah. fast. You were. You yeah, were living. living. Yep. You were living. You know, I was just cutting hair. I was busy, 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 and. uh you know, I remember Instagram came around and people were like, man, you know, this thing came out. You should put your pictures on there. And, oh, man. You were so against it. I was so against it. I was so egotistical back then. And now you post like twice a day. Oh, my God. <laughs> and you probably I, still I hate it. I think back to it and I'm like, God, what it could have, should have. But it is what it is. To be honest, it's, 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 this shows, you know, your workmanship and your friendships with people because you didn't need it. Really, I, and I'm thankful for that because, again, um, I've always been someone to value quality of product and the attention. Whether we posted it about, you know, where we, excuse me, whether we posted about it or not, it got a lot of people to come in the door. You know, people got word of mouth was 
huge back then because social media wasn't around so much, but um, people were loving it. You know what I mean? And I had no problem teaching others around me what I knew and I still don't. Um, but, uh, you know, we just didn't post about it back then. You know, it was just kind of, it was a local barbershop that blew up and, you know, started to get a little name for myself and, you know, uh, you know, then I got to seven years and the party lifestyle, you know what I mean? It hit me pretty hard, you yeah. know, um, decided to take a break. You know, I don't know yeah. if you want to talk about this or not, but no, that, that so that's, this is what brings you to my next point yeah. is like every, everybody that has ever, you know, been at a specific part where they needed to take a break from whether it was work or life, I feel it can really relate to this podcast because you literally took a break and you came back hitting yeah, on all cylinders. And I think I really want you to talk about that. So at seven years at LB's, you took a break. I did. Um, so full transparency, uh, I spent seven years at uh, my first location and yeah. that now looking back, it taught me so much, but mainly that I had something good with providing a, a really quality haircut and a good experience. But what I didn't put into play was that I was the owner and a manager of a business and leading and managing other people. Um, that wasn't a role that I considered or much less, you know, took on. So um, with that and, you know, being single, going out every weekend, you know, hanging out, you know, it, it got the best of me. Um, there was a couple of things that happened in my 20s, you know, the loss of my father. Um, you know, uh, I was in a different relationship, but had lost a baby um, late in the pregnancy. And those things, you know, were, were traumatizing to me, yeah. you know. So um, you still wear your dad's necklace, too. Yeah. And you, you gave parts of it. To and I kids. gave, yeah, I, I turned them into bracelets and, and gave it to uh, uh, my sons. Yeah. You know? That's, that's, that's just a beautiful thing. Yeah. I got like Thank chills you. thinking about it. It's like, oh man. It's, it's great. It's good. It's great. I never got to meet your dad, it. but I, I miss him every day. Yeah. I, bet. I really, I really do. But, um, you know, it, it taught me like, you know, life is short and it, it's, a, it's, it's ironic to think about because I always said, I'm not going to turn into him. I'm not going to turn into him. And little by little, I turned into him by, you know, abusing alcohol. Um, I got into uh, Percocets, opioids, and that cured me for a minute because it took, yeah. I remember going through the baby thing and that happened a few years after my dad passing. And uh, someone had given me um, a little pill and they were like, at the end of the haircut, I forget who it was. It doesn't matter. Um, they'd given me this little pill and I was like, what is this? And they're like, dude, you look super stressed the fuck out. Like just take this and it's going to relax you, you know? So not right away, but like later in the day I'd taken it. It was probably like, a, if I remember a Friday night and I remember just a couple weeks after losing the baby, I remember, uh, taking this and it was like, I felt the first, um, for the first time in a couple weeks that I was able to like exhale, you know? And I was wow. like, wow. God, this is so much pressure now, like falling off me. Now, it wasn't that every day after that that I started taking more pills. But yeah, over the course of five years, it was, you know, a snowball effect with me and it, it got the I know, best of it, me. I, so, you know, I, I never got into anything like remotely close to that, but I know I have an addictive personality. So it's like if you once you feel a certain thing, right, because you were with me through my gambling problem and stuff. So like it's kind of like you feel 
that part of you that's like, oh man, this felt really good. I need to get back there. And this is my fastest way. Yep. So like you, you can't blame yourself for that because you were going through so much stuff and this little pill kind of made you feel better. Yeah. And then it's like, all right, well, I want to feel better all the time. So you can't really blame yourself for that, but I'm, I'm going to let you finish. But like, I, I can only imagine, you know, what you were going through, you know what I mean? Like I, I, I can't even compare to what you're going through, to be honest, but I, the loss of a parent, I can, I do have compassion for you with that and feel the same way. So like, I can only imagine how something will literally set your mind free. It's just like, yeah, I would want to take it, advantage of that too. It, it really was. And, and, and now, you know, when I see like these documentaries that come out now and you know, you get the, the pharmaceutical reps yeah. and like now there's like the pain hustlers and the whatever, whatever is all out. And it's just like, wow, it really was a pandemic. Like it was, it was literally a thing. Yeah. You know, it was a yeah. whole thing. It was a whole thing. And, uh, you know, I fell, I fell short. Yeah. personally but yes at the time it really was that uh it it just took this it suppressed this anxiety this depression yeah. this emotional distraught that i was dealing with and you know it it got the best of me i became it got to the point where you know i was taking these things not even to feel that relief but instead just to not shake and not go through with yeah. it you know um so with that, um, sorry if I get a little emotional talking no, about this. No, no, I, I want. And it was full, very pivotal in my life. Yeah, but. I bet. And and like I, I, I actually really appreciate you wanting to talk about it because I'm pretty sure there's there's people, you know, whether we know them or not, that are listening to this podcast that are struggling with something. Mm -hmm. You're proof. You're I, I. I'm getting chills thinking about what I'm about to say. Is like you're physical proof that there is light at the end of the tunnel. There is. There is. there is. Um, I believe it is in every one of us to change. Um, but it's exactly that you have to want to change yourself. Right. Um, you know, so my story now, I'm not vulnerable to it because, um, or maybe I am, maybe I'm saying that wrong. Um, I'm open to telling my story because it is what it is. It's a part of my life. I don't, yeah, you know, you can't run from it. I, I can't run from it. Right. But because you know, in my opinion, it's a, it's a, it's a good story. It's a successful story. You know, yeah. um, I went to rehab after having the shop open for seven months. What it was, was, uh, it was a day in February. Um, Amanda and I were together for roughly half a year. And I remember her saying to me, she's like, Lou, if I'm going to be with you, like, I really need you to take this shit seriously. And you know, I wasn't the best person back then. So, you know, you guys can read between the lines as far as like being in a serious relationship and you know, my lack of commitment. So, uh, I wanted to be committed to her, though. I really, you know, she was someone, and I'm glad because today she is the mother, a beautiful wife, the mother of, uh, of my three kids, and yeah. still supports me. Uh, believed in me when you found I didn't a real one. Me. Yeah, oh, I shit. found a real one, man. I really did, and I'm and I'm so thankful. I love her so much. Um, but it was a, uh, it was she told me that in the month of October of 2016. That same month, I remember looking at myself in the mirror, going, "You have a problem," and it was like my first time saying it out loud to mm. myself in the mirror. And then it took me another four months to say it to her. But it was one day after cutting hair, it was probably like 11 p.m. And I sat her down. It was mid-February, 2017. And I remember saying to her, and I'm like, and I got emotional. And it took me about like five, 10 minutes for, for me to get the courage to even say the words out loud. Yeah. But I remember saying to her, I have a problem and I want help. And I, you know, and I remember being in the middle of 
that whole run and saying to myself, like, ah, one day I'm just not going to take them anymore. One day I'm not going to. But I had no idea that it was going to be rehab that I needed to actually stop me from doing it. I just thought <laughs> magically one day I was going to, you know, not yeah, want them yeah, anymore. Yeah, you don't know. Yeah. yeah. And no. So uh, I remember saying to her, hey, I need help. I really want this, you know, change. And, uh, and she said, all right, so, you know, I've known, you know, a few of us have known. What are you going to do about it? And I was like, that's it. I'm shutting the shop down. I'm, I'm just going to whatever. I'm going to call Patty up because, you know, Patty went through his struggles and I see him doing well now. I want to go to the same place that he went to because, you know, I thought to myself, well, if it worked for him, it's going to work for me. You know, um, that was like the little that I knew about rehab and like, yeah. okay, well, if it works, it works. So uh, she's like, cool. What do you want to do? And I'm like, shut it down. I was like, give me two weeks to close out my affairs with the location that I had. Um, letting my clients know and yeah I March 6th 2017 from mid-February that I kind of surrendered you know um I uh I went down to uh Pompano Beach Florida March 6th and I came back I think May 3rd May 4th so that 30-day thing that was not for me you know yeah yeah yeah. even though that's what I paid for you know I didn't have insurance you know as barbers like a lot of us don't have insurance so I paid for it out of pocket um, you know, I got help to do that. And it was the, I remember like 20 something days in rehab and the owner was like, you're not going anywhere in 30 days. He's like, I don't care if I have to pay for you my damn self. He's like, you're not leaving. until I know you're better. And he wasn't lying. I spent, if I remember correctly, like 58 days technically in rehab, but, um, it wasn't until my 42nd day. And it was, that that's a day that will forever I'll forever remember because that's the day that it was my turn for my family to come down and who oh, came sorry. down was my sister and Amanda. And so it was of course bittersweet seeing them because I knew I knew what family coming down meant was we're going to get deep down and dirty with the skeletons, right? So uh it was day 42 um you know uh we're in this thing called big group it's uh every one of the facilities in there men women and but the focus group with you know said therapist and her group were in the very front of the room in a circle so i sit down in the circle and i'm sitting next to amanda and uh and my sister and they're like now you're gonna come over here and you're gonna look at them oh and so i'm like okay so they uh they sit me down to the and, and i'm across from me there's probably like eight ten people in this circle Behind this circle is, again, everyone in the facility. Um, so I'm looking at Amanda and I'm looking at my sister. And to the right of me is this guy named Gus who owns the facility. To the right of him is uh, Alexis, the therapist for our group. So that day comes and she pretty much, the therapist, Alexis, tells my sister and Amanda, like, call him out. Tell him all the things that made you mad. Tell him all the things that he did mm. and said to you guys that... So I'm like, oh shit, shit's about to get real. Um, so anyway, uh, I'm sitting there and I'm listening to them because, you know, the honest, the honesty is, you know, I, I said some things, I did some things that I'm not proud of, um, and uh, you know, they they brought it out. They those were the skeletons. Those were the the knots in my belly that kept me. You know, I guess suppressing that emotion. With the pills. Put, yeah. 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 It kept me, you know, the alcohol, it kept me from living that truth. It kept yeah. me from, 
being real, you know? And, uh, and this place, even though I was there for 40 days prior to this day, I remember them telling me like, Lou, you're being honest, but you're not being real. You know, you're not digging deep. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. And it wasn't until that day in front of my family that I experienced what real was because as they're calling me out on like, you know, my sister's telling me things about what I, arguments that I got into with my mom, you know, physical altercations with my brother that I'm, again, guys, I'm not proud of any of this. It's just the truth behind my story. Um, Arguments that I got into with Amanda, you know, just a very nasty side of me that I knew deep down wasn't me, but regardless, I had to own it. You know, these were actions that I committed, words that I said, and they were calling me out on it. So Gus, owner of the facility, also a, a, a clinical therapist, was he sees me and he, I guess he sees me getting red and he sees me like boiling up, right? And he stands behind me and I'm sitting down just like this and he gets behind me and with his right hand, he starts hitting my chest. And I'm like, and he's like, and I, I, I'm getting like red and emotional and like, you know, like I guess, you know, breathing heavy. And uh, Gus goes, he smacks me again. Lou, let it out. Boom, Lou, let it out. And I finally... It was, it was, it was crazy. I, I, I start screaming that all the things that I hate myself for and all the things that I hated myself for were, of course, everything that they had just called me out on the arguments, the things that I did, the things that I had said, the way I had acted. Um, and I'm like, I hate myself because of this. I hate myself because of that. I hate that I did that. And something that was, um, pointed out to me was, you know, the fact that I, not only did drugs, but I was selling a lot of stuff back then, you know, I was, you know, so I was like in the middle of making money and what I thought was more important, you know, and what, um, one thing that I felt super bad for was, you know, all of the families and regardless of what it was that I was, um, you know, selling and being a part of, you know, I'm over here thinking that, you know, ah, this person wants it. it, it's, it's a dollar to be made, you know, no, no harm, no foul. But in actuality, I now I then realized, wow, there's a bunch of families out here that were affected by the things that I was doing, you know, and here my family is also like karma was karma is a real fucking karma is a real thing man, yeah. all around. So um, they they put that on me and that, you know, I, I remember thinking, oh, my God, I hate myself for yeah. anything I ever gave anybody because, they, you know, who knows what other family, you know, who knows what other circles are met. Who knows who, you know, somebody has to admit that, you know, my name is, is being, you know, brought up yeah. under, under that negative light. And truly, truly, it's just not who I was. That's not who I am. Um, but again, I did what I did. And so, you know, Gus smacking me in the chest, telling me, Lou, let it out. And I finally like screamed all these things. I was screaming for what they told me. It was like five minutes about, and, and not at. I mean, I was screaming at everyone, but not at anyone. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I it wasn't it. Yeah. directed at anyone in particular. Yeah. It was at me. I was yeah. upset with me. And so, you know, what I felt was like this big feeling of embarrassment because I just let out all of the skeletons in my closet. Yeah. And then I also felt relief because so much weight had to come off my shoulders. I bet, man. So much weight had come off my shoulders that I was like, it was it was such a, a bitter, sweet I, if I remember, it was such a bittersweet feeling because it was like, wow, I just let people know all of my vulnerabilities. Yes. And yet I feel so 
good. Like that's, I, can, I, I feel like that's, again. What, that's why a lot of people struggle with certain things because they're afraid to be vulnerable. They're afraid to talk. They're afraid to communicate. Yeah. And it's that feeling of being afraid that will, that stuff will let set free. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like now I'm so, like, I can only imagine what you learned like from, you know, Gus and like your therapist down there that helped you become the man you are now because they Dude. did a good fucking job. Yeah. It was after, right after that session, I look around and the whole room is emotional. Like everyone's in tears, wow. right? Everyone. I, I couldn't believe that. And, we, you know, they gave us a break right away. And I'm standing around Amanda and my sister at, uh, at the, these picnic tables. And I remember people coming up to me that were, um, of course, in the room, but they had been in rehab now like five times, 12 times. I remember this one person said to me, Lou, I've been in rehab 17 times and I can't do what you just did. And I didn't know what I did. I just let out this shit feeling, yeah. these knots in my belly of emotion that I'm like, I don't know what I just did either, but I feel good and I also feel like shit, you know? And what it taught me was that was a part of the the 12 steps that they teach you, you know, taking inventory and also uh, seeking forgiveness, you know? So now these days, you know, it's, I like the structure of the 12 steps. You know, and it's not necessarily for just not having a sip of alcohol or taking a drug again. It's kind of a structure to life, you know, like, you know, now I know these days when I'm going through something like Amanda, one, a client in my chair, uh, somebody's going to hear about it because now I know that talking about your issues, talking about things that bother you are what truly sets you free, you know, realizing that you're not the only one going through quite literally anything like yeah everyone's going through something and i'm a big advocate for speaking on it so being a barber and you know being a you know a therapist and all that yeah, i yeah. don't mind telling people my story because it it's like yo listen man it's it's okay like everyone's struggling everyone's going through something you know but don't you know if it's not to me talk to anyone about it uh, maybe a close friend sometimes it could be a stranger you know and if you have the proper channels like go to a therapist like there's you don't have to be crazy to talk to a therapist no, like no I, I i can say that i've been in therapy for two months now and i pay i pay for it out of pocket i don't have health insurance so mm -hmm. like it's 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 not that affordable it's like it's kind of affordable it's like 250 a month and you get one session a week you know what i mean you not can bad. pay for additional ones the breakdown no. isn't bad and i finally matched up with it like I, the first therapist i had up wasn't really yeah you gotta with. find your person yeah this guy's this guy's pretty good he's he uh I always apologize because I was like, I feel like we, you didn't talk at all because <laughs> like, I just let it all out like, like you do. And yeah. I feel I just took a deep breath because I had to like, yeah, no, I get it, man. Uh, I get it because like, you know, after I talk to him, like I, I feel better sometimes. And then some days I don't because I, I feel like I feel like there was more that yeah. you need to talk about. So I'm, I'm glad, glad that you have those follow up sessions because you can always oh, yeah. save that. And, you know, like you, you can look forward to the next session knowing you're going to get that sense of relief. Right. You know? Okay. You know. So May, you said May 8th, May 20th you came back? Yeah, about May 3rd if I remember correctly. On May 3rd of 2017 I came back. Okay. And, uh, and you felt after that session that you had with your family and everything you were ready May 3rd to come. That back. was a huge huge moment, very pivotal in um my rehab stint and then just me as a person. Mm -hmm. Um shortly after that I learned to forgive because I was Along with that moment, there was another moment, and if I can touch on that real quick, I'll yeah, tell the sure. story. Yeah, I'll yeah. tell the story. Is 
shortly after that, uh, I remember this woman talking to me. She was also a patient in the in the rehab, but her issue was not to do with any substance. Her issue was to do with mental health. And, um, you know, a big question down there when you're meeting someone new who's arrived at the facility is, you know, what's your DOC? What's your drug of choice? You know, and she was like, you know, uh, I remember t- that stopped blinking, by the way. Oh, did it? Damn it. Um, I remember her. Uh, I remember her asking me um, or, or asking her, her and I got to talking and she was like, uh, she's like, no, no, I'm not. I'm not here for drugs. And I'm like, hmm. And I looked at her sideways, kind of like, so what are you here for? She's like, my husband dropped me off. We were on vacation in Disney. And he's like, you're not right. You need to, you know, and we, you know, this is in South Florida. So he really left the vacation, dropped her off. And I was like, interesting. Like, she's like, I just get super anxious. I get overwhelmed. And I just, I then mistreat my husband. I mistreat my kids. And, and oh. I don't know how to handle life. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa. You know, me looking at her kind of like, you're crazy, you know? And, yeah, yeah. and she's like, uh, she's like, no. She's like, do you know where you are? She asked me that. And I'm like, yeah, I'm in rehab. She's like, yeah, I know you're in rehab. She's like, but what's the name of this place? And I was like, first step, behavioral health. And she's like, yeah, behavioral health. She's like, I know some of you are in here because you've abused alcohol, you've abused drugs. She's like, but we're here to work on our behavior. And we have therapists to help us do that. The whole, she's like, I think the point is that we come in here and we get the therapy that we need so that we don't physically, verbally abuse others and ourselves. And I was like, oh. And she's like, uh, and her and I got to talking about forgiveness. And, you know, I remember saying to her, like, you know, I'm, I'm still mad at my dad for this shit. Like, you know, he was an alcoholic. Like, he left us for weekends on end. And then he passed early. Like, I feel like I didn't have him and I need him, you know. And I'm like, you know, yeah, I'm mad at him. You know, and she's like, she said to me, she's like, did you ever think about your dad's side of things? And I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, well, did you ever think about how he grew up? And maybe he did, even though your story is your story, Lou. She's like, yeah. did you ever think about maybe he, even though was an alcoholic even though he did the things that he did and he acted the way he acted maybe he did the best he could with how he grew up and i was like whoa that was a moment of like boom you know what i mean like clarity like holy shit and i was like so like his father and how he treated him growing up and i was like no and she's like maybe your dad did the best that he could and it wasn't good but maybe it was the best that he could she's like try forgiving him and i was like She's like, you know, the way that you want people to forgive you after what you just went through in, in you know, your pivotal moment, you know, like, maybe try forgiving them. She's like, you do go to church while you're here? And I was like, yeah, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. they took us to church. So, and I was already going, and she's like, forgive them. And then also ask him to forgive you. Mm-hmm. And I got there, and uh, I went to church, and, you know, uh, at church it was like being saved, you know. So uh, I had already, prior to this, did the whole saving part but i guess i i still had that um i still had that um resentment towards my dad and um you know being angry at a dead guy it's just like you know like what the fuck was i thinking yeah but um but yeah so i went to church and i and i forgave him and i also asked him to forgive me and you know you raise your hands up high and you get in front if you want to be saved and you want to forgive and you want to be forgiven and you stand up front and and of course in church i remember it was that energy was was really cool man it was like it was like you felt the positive energy. You felt the, um, you felt the room of 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 electricity. You know what I mean? Like everyone wanted good for you. You know, and 
from that day forward, I was never mad at my dad again. I was able to forgive him. I was able to forgive myself. And I just, I feel like I understood life differently. You know, um, you know, I'm glad this, this girl, this lady crossed your path, man, you know, all, all things for a reason. Yeah. Did you thank her? You know, I don't even know if I got to the point of being able to thank her, but it was, these are memories that I have that are, that they sit with me often. You know, I remember often and I tell them every time I tell my story because they're, 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 they're moments that are stamped in my lifetime. You know what I mean? And, um, yeah, I'm super, I'm super thankful that I went through all that, you know, I, I, I since have come back, like you said, I, I've been, I've been hitting it hard. I came back with a, a brand new energy. I said to myself, you know what, with all of those extra BS things that you were doing, like, let's hone in on this barbering thing. You love what you do. Now let's give it your fucking all. You know what I mean? And I came back and was cutting from my apartment, didn't have a shop, didn't have nearly the clients. I remember I had. you reached out to me. I'm like, I, I I didn't want to ask where you've been. I was, but I was just like, yeah, like what's up? Like how you been? You know, yeah, what I mean? to some people I was able to uh, let them know what was going on. To some people I just yeah 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 left, and there was no phone access down there. You no, know, I had, no. I had one phone call a week, and I think they gave us ten or fifteen minutes. So I would split the time with my mom and my and Amanda, you know, and it was just that seven minutes a week per you know for each of them. And and that was it. So some people I was able to tell before some people saw me after and I, and I lost a lot of people and it wasn't, I don't blame anyone. You know what I mean? Like this is the name of the game. When you're a barber, if you're not around, if you're not convenient for people, it is what it is. You got to start over. To be honest, I don't even know who was cutting my hair. I believe I sent you guys, I I referred a lot of people to the guys at men's club, uh, Justin, the barber and Jake, the barber. Yeah. No, Uh, they were people who I still look up to. They're, they're, they're awesome. They're awesome guys. Great barbers. Yeah. Jake's Jake. I, it's so random. I met Jake randomly because we have the same uh we go to the same like supplement shop and stuff like that and we just hit it off we're just cool he's cool he's, people he's man. a cool guy yeah and he has a similar story to you so i would i would actually like to get him on as well Dude, yeah he does have a great story yeah yeah, yeah but you know and he, they took care you know I'm, I'm thankful for them for you know they're amazing barbers they're great people and i wanted to refer someone uh, my guys while being away anyway like you know to someone who I, people who I knew were good, you know what I mean? Like quality, you know what I mean? So, um, and, and they took care of it and I was super thankful. Yeah. And some, I believe some guys even stayed with them. You know what I mean? I, again, nothing, personal, nothing you can do about nothing that. Nothing you yeah. can do about that, you know? But, uh, I came back to maybe a couple handful of, uh, of loyal guys and, you know, shit. I remember cutting back in June of 2017 cause I wanted to get right back to work, but, um, you know, I was, I was doing the the AA thing, hitting meetings in the morning and at night. You know, I honestly speaking, I can't say that I'm sober today. You know, not fully sober. I do. I have my social drinks, um, and you know, I, I like to say in like a, a more celebratory, you know, moments. Do I have uh, a beer or something like that? Um, if we're out and about, you know, as a shop, we were just at Top Golf on Saturday. You know, everyone had a good time. Ate, we drank, we played, and it's it's settings like that that I will. You know, now is that hard for you? Um, to like that start, like to take your first sip of alcohol again? It was, it was. I had, uh, I had spent, I believe, twelve months, right around one year sober, um, fully sober, and it was uh, a wedding for my sister-in-law. Now, um, Amanda's sister at the time was getting married, and I remember that came up, and Amanda was like, "You know, you really think if you had like a glass of wine?" And I'm like, "I kind of want a glass of wine, you know. I don't think it's gonna make me, you know." But I talked to my family, which they were, 
not for it at all. You know, you can understand. Like, my family was like, no, please don't, you know. And I guess I had more belief in myself. Talking to her family about it, they were like, Lou, of course, the decision is up to you. We just don't want to see you go down a negative path again. And I remember saying to both sides of my family, he's like, guys, all I can tell you is with time, you'll see that, you know, it's not going to do anything. And I really had no idea if it was going to or not, but I'm thankful today that it didn't, you know, I, I went to that wedding. I think I had two glasses of wine that night. And the next day I <laughs> offered two glasses of wine. I woke up with a little bit of a headache, you know, it was a whole year since I had uh, any alcohol. And Amanda on the way home asked me, she's like, so do you want like drugs right now? And I was like, no, not no, at no, all. No. Fair question. Fair, yeah. Yeah. You know, fair question. Um, but I'm like, no, I don't. And, uh, you know, since then, you know, again, I can't say that I am fully sober, but I like to think that, uh, you know, you're not going out and getting fucked up. No. Like you're just having a couple lifestyle. of years. Yeah. Like, lifestyle is way different. Now. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, but you can't now. You can't yeah, no, 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 ass crack at dawn. Yeah. But God, you might, you might drink a beer after a long day of work just to help you go to sleep. You know? <laughs> yeah. Really like, you know, a Friday night thing. You know what I mean? Maybe a Saturday or Sunday, but even when we're family, it's like, you know, I went to the doctors this morning, the primary doctor, first primary doctor in Jersey that I've been to. And he's like, what do you have? And I'm like, I don't know. Maybe like four or five beers a week, maybe like some weeks. Yes, some weeks. No, like, I don't know. You know, it's not a I don't really count because it's not a thing to count. Yeah. You know? Sorry. I'm just looking at the, the camera, making sure they're still recording. No, this is an impactful episode. This is really good. Uh, I was still blinking. We're good. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you know, listen, my, my journey is not for everyone. I don't tell people to copy me. Um, my journey, my story is mine. Um, I don't encourage it if you're, you know, in the middle of battling physically, emotionally, mentally, um, you know, this is just my story, you know? So, uh, yeah, you know, I went through what I went through and I'm glad today that, you know, the doctor asked me this morning, he's like, do you ever have cravings for opioids? And I'm like, thankfully I do not, you know, and I'm so thankful for that. Um, but yeah, I'm glad that I can have a, a, a social drink and just enjoy. So that's, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, because you know, it's your proof that therapy can work when you want it to work. It is 100% you working the program. So that person that's been there 17 times, they just haven't wanted it to work yet. Exactly. I, and I think most of all, it's accountability. Mm -hmm. Since coming back, a lot of people, including myself at times, have it's, it's hard to say I'm sorry. Oh, it's really hard yeah. to own your shit and go, oh, I fucked up, man. Yeah, it's the ego. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's yeah. The ego. It's so yeah. easy to get prideful. It's so easy to get egotistical. You know what I mean? And it's, you know, but it's it's human behavior to do so, but it's also a bigger character of person when you can go, yo, E, man, I'm sorry, bro. Like I, I said some shit that I shouldn't have said. Yeah, like, yeah. I was I was feeling some type of way, man. And my bad, dude. You know? Yeah, but, yeah. but people are are, you know, I guess they accept it you know what i mean and then if they don't then they don't but i mean you know it, it you have to be a person that's willing to take accountability and i think that's that's the biggest thing because when you're accountable you can really take self-inventory you know by self-inventory i just mean like you know that conversation i could have said something a little bit different that yeah. argument i got into with amanda i could have been you know a little less harsh with my words or you know you know with said client you know what i mean I yeah, yeah, a little yeah. bit, you know like it's 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 hard, but that's self-inventory when you can really think and go, and then after you know it and you can take it in yourself, now it's like the text or the phone call that goes, yo, man, 
you know, I'm, I'm sorry for acting that way. You know what I mean? I'm just going through some shit right now. I had a yeah, lot. yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, and and it's normal stuff. You know what I mean? But some people really won't one admit it to themselves. Two, reach out and say I'm sorry. And mm-hmm. you know, it, it's it's hard to do, but it also I believe it makes you a bigger person. And these yeah. days, I like to think that you know, I tell, you know, it happens. I'm human, right? Like yeah. you know, I went through what I human. went through in my 20s. I'm now in my late 30s. You know, uh, I, I'm a father of three. For the first time in my life, you know, I am not going to make every right decision. Like as much as I would like to think that I am realistically, the human in me is going to, you know, I don't make deliberate wrong decisions. You know what I mean? I try to make every right decision. You know, I try to put my best foot forward every day that I wake up. Um, But that being said, there's no way I'm going to make every right decision. So it's about knowing when you were wrong and being accountable and, you know, saying I'm sorry and moving forward. So with in my personal life, in the business world, um, you know, I believe that's something about me that will always help me grow is knowing that like, you know, hey, Kimberly, if, you know, I, you know, let's do it like this, like this, like this. But if it's wrong, don't worry. I'll fall accountable for that. You know what I mean? I'm not going to let you, you know what I mean? Especially if it's something that I told her to do, if I suggested for her to do it, it'll be me that, owns that accountability I'll, I'll take it on the chin you know um and i feel i feel like that's what makes me a better person that makes me feel better about myself today is that i can say i'm sorry you know boom so that's what's up yeah so, man you come back you hit the ground running you're cut, you're cutting out of common half loss yep. right? uh so how i'm trying to remember what came after that um well so you come back from rehab. Come back from cut, rehab. Cutting. Yeah, I'm cutting like three hours a day at the time, like mm-hmm. still building, you know, building my clientele. And I'm like, all right, as long as I have money to pay the rent, cool. Amanda was still working uh, at a restaurant. So she moved in while I was away. And I was so thankful for that because, of course, it was like a sense of comfort. But also, I was very serious and very committed to uh, providing a better life for her, myself, and our future. And then that July of 2017, she told me we were pregnant. So... It was like, okay, uh, let's go rent a house now because we can't have a baby in this loft. So we moved to the Bridesburg area of That's Philadelphia. Right. Okay. And uh, I rented a house there. Um, I made the front enclosed porch my one chair shop, you know, so I could save money while living where I work. But of course, it was very, um, very close knit. And by that, I mean it was like by referral only because I didn't want just anyone in my shop, in my house. So. The good thing was, you know, with now implementing Instagram and showing that stuff off, you know, Patty and I, uh, you know, I remember him telling me so much of like, Lou, your work is fire. Like you got to put it out there for the world to see. So I started using Instagram and promoting myself that way. And like a lot of referrals to people came in that way. Um, So I spent four years in the Bridesburg house uh, saving up money for what I knew eventually was going to be buying our first home and setting up another shop because I knew the home was going to be in New Jersey where her parents are retired and were able to help us with the kids. And I knew that I wasn't going to take my business in New Jersey. I was always a Philly guy. So I was like, I'm definitely going to do another barbershop. I'm going to do it with the, you know, the right way with the right mindset. Um, so within those four years, not only was money saved up, but uh, I really put my head towards, you know, making exercise a normal routine in my life. Um, I like to go running, and these days I like to play pickleball. Those are the things that give me cardio. They, it's 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 mental, it's physical. I love it, right? Yeah. Um, and then I put my head in books. You know, I, I read books 
for uh, leadership. I read books for systemizing small business. I read books for just um, uh, encourage, encouragement and, yeah. and just like, you know, uh, ambition. You know what I mean? Like, you know, desire to do better. But I don't want to be the only one. So, you know, who I have around me, the people that I, I have working around me, uh, it's, it's really important to me that their personality is more important than their quality of work. Yeah. You know, because I want to surround myself with like-minded people, not exactly my personality, just like-minded people that want more out of life, you know? Um, and I want to be able to, you know, lead and manage those people by having open discussions. And like, yes, even though I've been doing it for 20 years and I have my way and I know some of what I do works, it doesn't mean that's the only way. So I like to be open uh, I like to let them know, like, hey, if you guys have suggestions, ideas, concerns, questions of why I do the things that I do, please let's let's have an open dialogue. Let's 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 keep that uh, communication transparent so that we can, you know, grow from that. Because just because I've been doing it, it's working doesn't mean that there's not a more efficient way of, you know, implementing something new and a new strategy and having that work. So, uh, um, yeah, it's it's huge for me to lead and you know help people blossom as barbers but also it's it's just look let me catch you up with everything that i know and maybe you'll find flaws in what i know so far and the way i do things and if we can correct those flaws and make a better operating system a better operating shop cool let's go you know what i mean like you know let's all be a part of it so it's not just um it's not just like being a good barber and, you know, having, you know, a booked out, you know, week, it is, uh, I, I want people in here to want to come to work, to have the personality that are hospitable and, you know, like, you know, we're here to make this thing work together. You right. Know? So one thing I will say is uh, I'm very thankful for the Bridesburg house because like I, I watched Ollie grow up. You did. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen him since, but <laughs> it's like, Dude, no, I, yeah, know. I mean, but it's like, hard with him it, in Jersey now. Yeah, it's it, it's and I can say like he knew who I was when I came in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so it was like he doesn't forget, man. That kid's got a memory. Yeah, I, I'm actually intrigued to see if, if I if I see him again, he'll remember me. But I just got to have a big bash, you know? Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm thinking for July 4th with uh, Josie. That's her that's her birthday. Yeah, our, yeah. Our third baby, baby girl. Her birthday is July 4th. And I'm and I'm thinking I'm like, man, I should, you know, warm weather put up a big tent and yeah just, and i was you know, mad because I, I i missed your wedding your your wedding too because i know we were sad about that man yeah i know, you know? <laughs> i was uh, trust me Busy. That, that was like the last the i i literally was like if you guys can't find it was the philly so it was like if you guys can't none of anybody else can do it i'll uh, obviously do it but i have a wedding to go to that day and they were just like yeah no one else can do it and i was like Oh, man. It was a no, double, I think it was a double header game. I had to do both games. It was terrible. You were missed, man. You were yeah, missed. Yeah, I bet. We, were, you know, I, we had a very a, a very close, very small wedding. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, and that's why I was like, damn it. <laughs> I was like, of course. It always, it always happens to me, to be honest. Like something like pivotal in like one of my friends, you know, like my one boy, AJ, had a kid and like had his first birthday and I couldn't make because so I had to work. Work's always and that's you know I wish I could say no to work, but obviously just like you, that's yeah, how we no. Get listen, paid. I I understand. You know, as yeah, much yeah. as on a personal level we wanted you there, like I I know. Yeah, because you specifically didn't owner, like, want me to DJ. 
Yeah, no, we wanted yeah, you to yeah. attend. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I think you guys just wanted to finally see me do some salsa. I think maybe, but yeah. <laughs> but don't worry, man. We're gonna we're gonna renew our vows and we're gonna you know yeah have a nice big bash. Yeah, that's what sucks. I haven't even met Mateo yet, so I was like, geez, well, oh, I kind of like I having I, too many kids too soon. I know, man. Is, yeah. Back to back, man. Jeez, I'm forty. I'm oh. two years older. You know, I have any kids yet? <laughs> Dude, listen, either start now or just. So before before we dive into what happened after Bridesbrook House, let's talk about. I'm pretty sure there's other barbers out there that are being listening that are close to you, and maybe even you know um, uh, customers that come in that are new parents and they're having a problem balancing. You know, making sure your wife is getting all of her attention and the kids' attention, and you're the busiest barber I know. So and the busiest work, you're probably just as busy as me, and times ten. So it's like what advice could you give to them that are maybe struggling like man i i I can't i feel like there's not enough time in the day oh man and i've said that you know those exact words i've said that um i uh my words of advice now are the balance between work life and personal life especially when you have a wife at home and you have kids because um that's the that's the biggest hurdle is balancing it all mm-hmm. you know because you want to be super successful in the sense that you're going to take care of your family with your success and you're going to help others blossom also with the success of the shop you're going to help them live a life like it makes me feel good that we provide an opportunity for you know the people that are here working with me it, it makes me happy that they get to live a life they get to go you know drive a car pay their rent or mortgage, you know, live, you know, and that, that, that makes you feel good. Right. Mm. Um, so you want to help them blossom, but also for your family, of course, like you get to give your, you know, your wife and your kids a vacation or two a year, um, you know, as, as best of a neighborhood as possible, you know, Christmases are good, you know? Um, so the biggest thing that I so far have taken away from the balance is mentally compartmentalizing your time. And I say that because I've, you know, just six months ago, seven months ago, Josie was born. She's, you know, the last of our three kids. Yeah. Um, that's It's been really hard balancing my attention with the family at first. And what I'm working on, and it's a constant working on, is when I'm home, being mentally there. Cause it's like when I'm home, I'm thinking so much about the shop and what I got to do and everything else here, Yeah, you know? And then when I'm here, I'm thinking so much about the family and like what I got to do at home. And what I realized was that was, um, it's, that's the hardship. So what I'm trying to do is, uh, while I'm home and I'm with the family, put the phone on, do not disturb, no scrolling, like be there mentally with them. And I fall short of this. Trust me. This is something that I'm working on. I'm not, you know, perfect at it. It's just what I feel is some good advice for anybody who's trying to balance their time between work and personal. Whether you own a business, whether you work for somebody, it doesn't matter. Like, try to be mentally there for them, emotionally there for them. Because if you're, if if it's a Sunday and you're at home and your kids are with you or your wife's with you and they're having conversations with you and it, the words are just in one ear and out the other, you're, you're not being fair to them. Right. Um, and vice versa, you know, when you're at work and you're thinking about your family and you're giving your work less than a hundred percent, it, 
you, it's not you're not being fair to them. So right. it, it's very hard what I'm saying, but I think it's um, some good advice that I am, like I said, I'm trying to work on that is mentally, emotionally, and of course physically you're there, but mentally and emotionally being there, you know, separating your attention and being in the moment. You know, Amanda has said that to me so many times. She's like, I wish you were more with us while being with us, you know, mm. and of course that hurts when you, oh, yeah, you know, when someone tells you that, but she's not lying. You know what I mean? She's, she's right. And I'm like, and that's the best part of having a supportive person at home. You know, a supportive wife at home is that they are going to hold you accountable and you, you know what I mean? That that's another yeah. part where you go, fuck, you're right. Like I do got to work on that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you know, that's you, ha- you know, you have a good partner. You, you really do. And you know, it's not to be, it's not to become defensive over it, you know? And trust me, I, I, I say to her at times, like, babe, I need on, uh, you know, I now, since the baby's been born, Josie's been born, uh, I don't work on Saturdays anymore. So I'm, I'm four days a week. I'm three days off. And, uh, it, it's just what's, it, what's, it's what works best for my family and I, like it gives them a little bit more of dad and it allows me to still have time. Cause you know, as, as a owner operator, I'm not just coming in to cut hair and like, you know, there's things that I have to do on days off that I just have to. Yeah. Do you were doing business. stuff when I got here. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So and you made time for this podcast, which is great. Thank you. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And right before here was Sam's club and come in and put things away and yeah. you know, all the things that people don't see, but of course as owner operator, that's, it's my responsibility. So the third day gave me that much, that, that extra time off. And it was just one of those, Hey, you're sacrificing any client that could only make it on a Saturday. It is what it is. You, what I do is I push, I push them onto the team. Like, hey, look, I'm not here, but Kimberly, Sasha, they're both here. They're both really good. Yeah. By all means, sit with them. I'm going to tell them exactly what you get, you know, and, uh, you know, I feel like that's what's helped. Yeah, like you I know? sit with Mike when you're not here. Yeah, it's yeah. just, you know, and, and, I'm, and I'm big on that because in the barbershop world, the hair salon world, there's so much drama. There's so much tension between, yeah. you know, uh, people that work in the same room. And I'm just not for that. You know what I mean? If I don't want that to be the the tension or the drama that people walk in and feel. Like no. in here, listen, you know, I've I don't mind when anyone sits with anyone else because that's the point. You know, like if I need to be off for my kids play or if I'm taking the family on vacation, like if you have an important wedding to go to or an event to go to, I don't want you to be like, oh, well, Lou's not there. I can't get cut. Like, nah, man, if anything, come to these walls, come within this door and sit with the team who yeah, I I've promote sat with, anyway. I've sat with Kimberly before. I've sat with, and I sat with Mike. Like, yeah. So it's like, Kimberly you know? helped me out of a couple jams. You Dude, know what I mean? And I love that because, you know, is it exactly Lou cutting you? No, it's still a good haircut. It's yeah. just Kimberly's version of that good haircut. Right. It's Mike's version of that good haircut. So, and, and when we're a team... And I put in the client notes or I let them know via text, like, hey, you got Eric coming in today at 11. I usually do this, 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 and this with his beard. You know, I feel like you, the client, is going to appreciate that help, that transparency, that teamwork between, you know, people who work together. Like, instead of, you know, you sitting with Mike and then, you know, I go, oh, fucking Eric, dude. I can't believe you sat with Eric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, bro, that's cool. That shit is... There's so many people in this world. We should not worry about that. And I feel that that helps not only the people that are growing around me, but that that helps that camaraderie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Really settle in 
to to a workplace like we are spending more time with each other probably than with our loved ones so we should probably learn to like and love each other and help each other instead of trying to you know what i mean put each other under the you know under the bus or like hurt each other like no we're all here to help each other grow and i feel like when people see that it's like oh okay well mike's gonna go on vacation but mark still needs a haircut for that wedding so yo mark yeah no problem sit with lou that's Yes, that's that's how it works. You know that's what I mean? That's the like, point. Yeah. That's the whole point. Like that, you know, I, I tell people now is yes, have your because of course I love that people still tell me like Lou, I will only ever sit with you. I love that. I need that. We all need our loyal clients. We all need that. I but, was like that for yeah, 18, 18 out of, years. Yeah. <laughs> 18 out of yeah. 20 years. And yeah, it's really like why why not? Especially when you're promoting your people with you know what I mean, like that work with you. You know what I mean? And sometimes when we're not, when we're all booked up and someone calls and they really need a haircut, I'll go, hey man, check out a Philly Barberco. You know what I mean? Check out AOP down the street because those are friends of mine that if you really need a haircut, like, dude, I'd rather help you out by sending you to a reputable barbershop than just not. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I, I, I believe in the, in, you know, you just give it out man yeah you know just be help help just help yeah people helping people man yeah you know what i mean that's why you know not not to go all crazy but like you know you doing this you are helping people and i hope that in it, it only comes back to you i'm hoping you know what i mean we'll see I, 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 but i i you're I'm already just, killing it i'm gonna be honest i honestly just like doing this you know what i mean cool yeah it's just a lot of work um but i honestly just like doing it so i appreciate the compliment so let's take 20 it's 20 it's Four years in Bridesburg, mm-hmm. you leave Bridesburg because you got your house in in Jersey. Yeah, and you were cutting out of the the upstairs here. I was right. Yep. Before because this wasn't ready yet. This was yeah. No, this wasn't ready. Yeah, we were yeah. working on my twenty. So I remember the first appointment I had. Let me tell you, man, twenty twenty one. First appointment post Bridesburg. I came to your house. Thankfully, the door was locked because I opened it and tried to go into the door. Holy shit! And you told me I, I had forgot to come that here. I had forgotten to tell you that I yeah. was cutting here for a month. Yeah, upstairs while this yeah. place downstairs. Yeah, got. yeah. So it shows. It also shows like how pivotal you are, like and like versatile. You can like move around and do things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, that was your your mailman. You were afraid. The mail- yeah, yeah, I knew <laughs> you thought he was gonna walk in on us, but that's funny <laughs> that he actually tried to. Um, but it, that shows you how versatile you are. You're you're ready to pivot and like make something work i think i think there's just like this uh you know books that i've read you know this this burning desire within me that it's just like nothing's gonna stop me i might get to a hurdle i might have to think my way around it i might you know whatever get mad and like oh i can't believe that happened you know but nothing's ever gonna fucking stop me i'm i'm determined to make some shit work especially if i feel it's gonna be the best thing for my self, the business, the family, the people around me. Like if it if it's ultimately going to make us better, then I will come up with a way of making things work, you know? Right. Um, but yeah, twenty twenty one, four years renting the house in Bridesburg. Very fortunate man. We saved up enough money to um buy our house in New Jersey and uh enough money to start this business here. Um and it was a it was a work and go thing. Like I had saved up some money, but as twenty twenty one kept going on, it was like, okay, cool, we got our house, down payment, some furniture. Then some money left aside for the business. It's got to be for that. Um, I really tried doing it without borrowing any money at all. You yeah. Know? And uh, although I had, you know, I had I did have to borrow a couple of dollars. I put some things on credit cards. You know, it um, you know, it, it took eighteen months to pay all those things off. But eighteen months to me is relatively fast. 
after investing with my accountant, I know it was $77,000 just for the barbershop. Holy shit. Yeah. 77000 to get this place up and running from. Wow. Not, not lease money, just equipment, the renovations. Um, this, you know, the, the renovations startup. were wild. Bro, this place is. Do you have a before and after picture? We do. Yeah, yeah. I well, I'll, love, I'll share it with you. I would love to see that. This place was an old laundromat. Yeah. And, you know, combined efforts between, you know, owner of the building, contractor who did the work, and myself, all of us putting our heads together, we really, we, we changed this place up. I've had neighbors come in here, neighbors that have been around this neighborhood for, you know, 20, 30 years, and they're like, we're so thankful that you're here because this place was such an eyesore. It was a, a laundromat, not in operation for 10 plus years. Wow. And you walked in here, and I will say that um, even the first place that I uh, rented my first location. It was a feeling that I got when I first walked in there. I took two steps into that first into the Mayfair location. I remember walking in the door, took one glance left and right, and I was like, I knew, I knew right away this was it. I got that same feeling when I stepped in here. This place, I walked in. The owner showed me. You know, they walked me in through the back because the front door was like boarded up, gated up, like you couldn't even get through it. So they walked me in through the back. And I remember standing at the back looking at all of this and there was washers and dryers to my left. Like the ceiling was falling apart, wires hanging down, you know, dusty is dusty. Just, you know. Yeah, bad. Bad. And I remember getting a feeling of like, oh, no, this is it. This is it. And I almost immediately painted the picture of what this place was going to look like. I can't tell you that like. I remember how excited you were when you showed me. You're like, yeah, this is going to go here. We're going to do this. We're going to yep. do that. You were like just so excited about everything. Bro, I was, dude, once, once all, the, uh, all the laundry equipment was out of the room, I, I came in here with the contractor and I painted where these stations were, were going to go and how the flow of the shop was going to be. Because you're working with a rectangular space. You're working with about 1,100 square feet. So you have to um, you know, paint a picture you know, before it actually gets done so that you're not losing yourself later so yeah we really we added a third window we added a break room i you know it was around right after covid time so i was like look i want i want the stations to be close but not too close i want everyone to have their elbow room so if you're having a private conversation with your client it's private but if it's an open discussion that we're having everyone can kind of see each other and hear each other without being on top you know i know i know i could have added two or three more stations to this place but it wasn't about that for me it was more of the right people working in a space creating an, a dope experience for the people coming in and and that's really what it was so we painted where the chairs were going to be where the uh, shampoo stations were going to be mm -hmm. um you know the bathroom the break room all before walls and plumbing and electric went on we we painted the picture and uh it's what you see here today you know, wild dude. So the transformation of this place. Oh, big time, man. I remember I, I never saw what the washer and dryers and I saw it probably remotely close to after that because I remember the ceiling was still being like fixed. Yeah. yeah. So um, it's just amazing to see the transformation one because I was like, you know, abysmal. <laughs> I was like, I don't know, man. Oh, so many people had doubt, man. I, I was so like, Ooh. And, I was like, that's what I mean. Like so many people like they they. But it's okay that you yeah. couldn't see it. But as long as I saw it, then I was like, oh, I, I thought in the back of my head, I was like, oof, I don't know. But if anybody's going to pull it off, it's probably going to be Lou. <laughs> yeah, man. And <laughs> you, again, you've been able to pivot 
so many times. Like, you know, the after Blades experience, I think you can you can survive anything. <laughs> I mean, because yeah. that was... Being sued at 20 years old is crazy. Right. I think, about, like, I, the guy who sued me at the time, he was 42. Mm-hmm. And I'm 38 right now, and I could not... Is he still cutting hair? I think so. I think so. I mean, I'm pretty much shitting on him right now. But, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean, like, if I'm being, the little arrogance in me, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, fuck you, dude. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. still fuck you. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Not only did he get his, he didn't only get us kicked out of working at that location, he took us back to court and demanded money for pain and suffering that he dealt with. And we got, Adam and I each had to give him $1,500. <laughs> Adam, Adam went the route, which I still think is funny as shit. He's like, okay, cool, $10 a month, so I'm done. I just said, Here's fifteen hundred dollars. I'm just fucking done with you. I, I wanted them out of my fucking life. Ten dollars a month. Yeah, yeah. That's hysterical. I, dude, it's hysterical. Yeah, I would have loved that. You should, <laughs> you should have did the same thing and made that dude wait. Oh man, I know, right? And how broke and an asshole do you have to be to sue two twenty-year-old kids that were hungry just like you at one fucking point? We said that to him. Well, so that's the problem. He, this is what the not not you not that you said it to him. Here's the problem. He saw two guys that are super talented that can over business him and overwork him and be better. Yeah. I feel like that happens in my world too. You know what I mean? DJing world. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? People are threatened when you're better than them. And I think that's what it was. That wasn't about, you know, all these things. So, you know, he was like, I got to put a contract on these guys because I know they're going to take business from me. And, 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 and turn, he wasn't wrong. <laughs> yeah no listen i yeah i mean but that just shows you his character yeah i mean at the end of the day absolutely so it's not even worth you know and, i mean it's not worth anything anymore it doesn't matter because you're obviously you needed that lesson in life very much to get you to where you are now yeah and trust me it's you know i'm 38 i look at a 20 year old now and i'm like <laughs> I could never, I could never, like the kid doesn't know any, you know what I mean? Like these kids, it's not to say that they're not intelligent people or anything like that. It's just, I I could never do something like that. Right. Yeah. But it's not to say that I don't understand where he was coming from. I wholeheartedly understand, you know, non-competes. Like I have to, you know, realistically, I'm not making anyone sign a a non-compete. Right. But that means they could leave and open up a barbershop within a block of me and, you know what I mean? So, and start their own thing. And I couldn't really say you're doing anything. Um, but I, I truly believe in, um, you know, wanting more for like taking care of the people that take care of you. Right. So it's not that I don't encourage them to go open up their own place. I would just hope out of mutual respect, they didn't do it next door to me, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, because I couldn't, I couldn't put a non-compete. I couldn't hold someone back from being their from, full potential yeah, self. Yeah, because look at you. You're you're living your dream. So yeah. You, and who am I to stop someone from living their right. dream? You know? The only thing I would ask of them is, yes, geographically, if you could place it right, you know what I mean? Like let's not let's not, you know, start that fight. But um be honest. Be truthful. Like, right. you know, just talk to me. Like if you have plans of doing your own thing, like who how could I possibly stop you? Who am I to stop you when I also did the same thing, right? Yeah. So the thing that I would encourages be transparent be honest like hey lou i have these plans you know we had tyler working here right and tyler's fucking amazing dude amazing kid i I, you know still love him right he was my very first employee here he could only be part-time he had his own thing going with his own business he spent about a year and a half working with us and sat me down one day and he was like lou 
you know, I want to, I want to talk to you. Like I plan on moving on. It's, I'm going to go to a studio and do my own thing, but it's going to allow me more time to concentrate on my, the, the other side of my business. And I'm like, cool, man. Like, when do I have you till like, and he's like, if it's cool with you, like four weeks. And I'm like, bro, that's, that's great. Like, let me, you know, what can I do to help you get to the next thing? You know, but it was his honesty that I appreciated because if I'm going to worry about anyone leaving and blossoming, like that's more of my own problem. That That's like, that's showing that I'm not as confident in myself than as, as I should be. Right. Um, the way I see it is, you know, help everyone move forward, even if it means that they're going to open up their own location, you know, like that. I look at it like maybe the next kid who's in school right now may want to go work for Lou because he'll be like, wow, Eric worked for Lou for three years and he went and opened up his own barbershop. Tyler was there for a year and a half working part time and he would did his own studio. And like their future success, I feel, you know, will help the next crowd of people yeah. want to sit with me, learn from me. You know what I mean? And like, I don't mind teaching. So as long as the person is coachable, teachable, like, listen, like if you're willing to learn, I'm willing to yeah, give you the time. If you're willing to learn, I'm willing to, you teach. don't have a lot of time. So you know? Your time is money. Yeah. <laughs> so if your, your time is very valuable. So yeah, it's like, man. And like, I'm just not, you know, I'm not here to hold people back. And I totally understand the non-compete thing. Um, at least in this industry, I know many, many, uh, fields use them for, for my first DJ thing had one of those. Yeah. I, I listen, I, I get it. Yeah. Um, but for the sake of holding people back, I couldn't do it. And that's why I tell people, if you have ideas, plans, um, questions of why I'm just talk to me, let's, let's keep it all honest and open because we're, we're all better people when we're open and honest, right. like we can get through little hurdles. We can get through, you know, conflicts if we're open and honest, as opposed to, you know, shut down and keeping things hush hush, you know, right. It, it, you know, it, it breaks up friendships. It, it breaks up relationships when instead of, you know, keeping that person within your network and, you know, Tyler and I still communicate, we still wish each other. Well, we still support each other, you know, just by talking good about one another. Like there's, that doesn't have to be that, you know, like, him failing would never make me happy. You know what I'm saying? Like that doesn't do anything for me. If anything, it's like, no, homie, before you fail, let's try this. Let's communicate yeah. with that person. Let's talk to him. Let's see what we can do to get you. You know what I mean? But there ain't yeah. no fucking quitting. Hell no, no. Hell no. Hell no. no. That's one thing that, you know, if I can compare that to is like with this podcast, I was like, when I first started it, you know what I mean? I was like, I really like doing this. You know what I mean? Like Eddie was my first uh, episode and he was like, that. he's like, man, you're here. You did it. We're, you, you're going to do it. And, you know, everyone just kept giving me great feedback and like, yo, try doing this. Maybe if they help you a little bit to do this with the social that media. about a year ago? Almost. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was at uh, the bar, right? What? Your, oh. your, your, uh, Eddie's. Uh, uh, my, no, Eddie was at my house, but he it? co-hosted um, an episode at. Uh, well, that, that was my 10th episode. Was it? That was, okay. my, that was my 10th episode. I did a live episode. That's the one I remember. Yeah. yeah, it was like a two-parter um that i had i did two episodes in one day just because I, I felt bad making people come out for an hour so i was like <laughs> I, I made like a two-hour thing and then um um your episode let's see 38 nine or your wait it's on 38 and then season two so it was 39 40 41 two your four episode your 43rd episode so That's I'm almost fucking, to 50 yeah my and my goal for this year thir- last go. year I made it to 38 my goal this year uh, is 45 and I'm probably going to go over that. 
because I told I can't I can't say anything yet, but there's some big news coming with Talk with Tonka. And, oh, I love that for and, you, yeah, man. It's Let's gonna go. push me even harder to work even harder, and uh, I'm a little nervous, but I can't wait to let you guys in on it. Actually, when this episode airs, it'll probably be, be able to announce like the week after. So oh, like, I'm, so I'm holding cool. it back. Like, you're one of the select, very select few that know. I only told five people because I was. Wow. Like, I didn't want to jinx myself, but Dude, it's going to definitely push me to, going, to, to, to break over that 45 barrier. And like, so this part of the, of the, of the podcast where we're, you were wondering how long things go. We're an hour and yeah, yeah. 41 minutes in. Awesome. Um, this is a little late in the episode to me to ask this, but we had a lot of impactful things that I wanted to make sure. Oh man, whatever we don't get to today, got, I hope we come back to, you know? Yeah. So my consumption rate is usually 60%. So people are probably still uh, tuned in. So, in five years, where do you see LB Cuts? And then I'll ask you, where do you see Louis Bravo? Mm. Okay. LB and Cuts. I'll make sure this camera's on. It's on. Right. <laughs> These are usually the clips. These are usually the, the tear jerkers. <laughs> so, or the impactful stuff. No, it's just, you know, keeping the needle moving, man. Um, honestly, I do see myself having uh, multiple locations. Um being that I live in South Jersey, I want to open up a location over there. Um, and hopefully that being with people who I work with now, I would never force it on them, but hopefully they get to a point of wanting more growth themselves and involving them in the leadership and managerial roles of running and operating a barbershop to the point of maybe being partners with them at first. And after a few years, if you figured it out or you want to operate in your own way. Like, you know, you just, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll figure things out and then split ways. Right. But I truly think that, um, LB cuts will be, you know, even more known in the Philadelphia area. Um, I like to think that we operate with integrity, um, sincerity and, um, you know, creating a win, win, win situation. And what I mean by that is creating a, a win for the clients who come in because they get the proper service and attention that they want here. Uh, creating a win for um, the people who operate behind the chairs because, again, you're providing them a lifestyle, you know, a way of making a living. And it's a really decent living by doing something that's, you know, it could be fun. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we're making people look good. We're making people smile and they give us money for that. You know what I mean? Like it's, you know, it's not a dreadful thing to do as long as you like doing it. It's, it's a, it's a cool thing to do for a living. Um, and then as the shop itself, it's a win for the shop because the shop, not only business and profits, but the shop, because of the person that I am, it, the shop will reflect who I am. So we're going to be doing, and we already have done charitable events, um, ways of giving back to your community, ways of being examples for your youth in your community. So, you know, just in December, we did a give back working with the local high school for kids who were, um, of course, deserving of the, the, the day, but, uh, we gave a dozen students, 12 kids, of course, free haircuts, but we had food, we had beverages here for them. Um, we worked with our apparel company, uh, East Philly design to give them shirts. We collectively as a clients and barbers, we collected money for each student to walk out with a target gift card. So, and that was for the holiday season. So, you know, it was what I didn't want was a, 
uh, a hand in choosing the kids. I just went, I, I worked with the school and bet um, between the principal and the counselors, you guys decide who's deserving of this. You know what I mean? Whether it's financial hardship, whether it's deserving academically, you know, it, it, it's about giving back to the community, right? So that's what I mean by a win-win-win situation is, um, you know, you're creating a cool environment for people to come in and pay for a service and they're getting the attention. You're creating a cool environment for someone to come in and work here and make good money while providing a happy experience for someone. So that should make them feel good, you know? And then the community, the shop helps the community by doing givebacks, you know? We already talked to the principal about doing a back-to-school event, you know? And that's, and that's just what we have planned for now, you know what I mean? Like, there's, it, it, it could be a win-win-win situation. But, of course, there's rules, there's regulations, there's standards that we all have to follow. So, um, you know, that's just kind of... What I, what I see LB growing, but you know, little things are, I would love a, our own product line. You know what I mean? Getting to know clients and exactly what, what they want. Um, you already know what kind of hair stuff you know, I want. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I really feel like, uh, we're going to grow into our own product line. I would love to add color to our services and, um, with future shops, it's, it's again, creating a system that allows me to, you know, not only cut hair there, but again, lead people into this win-win-win situation. Yeah, you know what I mean. I, I really believe in that uh, in that culture, right? You know, of of scenarios where all parties win. You know okay. what I mean. And of course, if there's an upset client, if there's an upset, you know, barber, like guys, let's talk, let's communicate, let's talk it out, let's, yeah. let's, talk it out. let's get through it. You know what I mean? Like there's not, you know. So, Louis Bravo, what's his five-year plan? My five outside plan, of the business outside of the business is um giving my kids as much time as I can you know um you know I like to think that I'm doing a good job of it now um but as they get older you know I see other people with kids that are older than mine right now and you know there's a lot of activities for kids now you know and I have three of them so I plan on sports being a thing after school um you know activities on the weekends you know you know I want to be there I want to be a part of that you know I I I take in um, wholeheartedly the aspect of, you know, money isn't everything. Yeah. T time is worth more sometimes. Always. You know, time is worth more. So, you know, as much as I need this job to provide for my family financially, the memories that they grow up with of dad being there instead of not being there, that's what sits heavy with me. So, you know, with, um, you know, five years from now, my baby's going to be five years old. Mateo will be seven. Ollie will be 10. ten. And they're probably all going to be involved in something. And or something. Another. Yeah. Yeah. So. And it'll probably know, give you and Amanda a lot more time. If, yeah, yeah, man. Like, I, you know, I just, I've seen it. And I, and this is the, uh, you know, from rehab and the structure of taking suggestion. You know, when I, when I think, to answer your questions, what I did was I took suggestions from people that were older than me, people that have already been through the things that I've been through. Mm. And what they tell me is this, like, Lou, it's cool to make money, but your time's worth more. So even if you can't provide that toy at the store, but you were able to, like, go to the park with them, it like, might be more valuable than buying that toy. Seeing that video of you and Ollie uh, sledding. Oh, bro. Dude, I watched I was, it, like, five times. I was smiling ear to ear. It was so I, funny. I and probably you know, watched it 
a hundred times. Yeah, you don't even need to see. You don't see Lewis at all throughout the whole video. All you see is Ollie, like belly laughing, belly laughing. so loud, and look at back you, and he's yeah. like, "Daddy, daddy." Yeah, and it's like he's like, "All right, let's do it again." And you're like, oh, "I gotta clown up this fucking." Head. <laughs> That's what I felt like you were about Bro, to say. We really we went sledding, and we were there for about an hour and a half. But it was a good forty runs that we did. Man. Oh, I bet. But that that's what I mean, man. Is like that, um, that time, that attention. I hope that that's a memory for him that he will forever Always remember. remember I mean, yeah. it's at least going to be one for me. You know what I mean? And that's something that had nothing to do with money. Mm-hmm. That was just a hill around the corner from our house. We both had the time, and I went and did that with him. You know what I mean? And yeah. I was like, you know, and now with Philadelphia barely getting snow as it is, I was like, I, that meant a lot to me. You know oh yeah. I mean? You know, so uh, it's those things that I feel like. Um, you know, for me, uh, of course, being a good dad, you know, yes, with Amanda spending more time with her and, uh, you know, personally, you know, trying to figure out our, um, plans for the future. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I, I love being a barber. I love that this is how we provide our living, but I, I think, you know, figuring out different ways of income, not just to drive a nice car and, and have a nice house. It's not for that. It's more to like, the more you learn as an adult, the more we can teach our next generation. And if I can right. teach my gen, my next generation, not only my kids, but even people that are younger than me, you know, I give them, you know, I want to be able to give them my knowledge in, you know, how to earn money, how to save money, how to use money, how to have money work for you. Because, you know, you know, for me, it's important to provide a living, but with with time being so important too, sometimes worth more than the money. It's like, man, that's where I'm having a problem. Oof, how can I yeah. how can I get that happy medium? But mainly, hey, fuck it. Even if I have to do more of the work lifestyle for my life, but then I've taught Oliver to yes, do something you're passionate with, like you know, work in what you like to do. But let me show you how to prepare your own retirement prepare your own you know so that you get to uh you know living easier you know it's not to say i want to quit work and get to a point where i have 10 barbershops and i never want i don't think i'm ever going to stop working to be honest with you i hope i I will always work (laughs) yeah you know but how nice would it be to just get to a point where hey we're working because we want to right instead of because we have to i'm gonna the energy that i have for my everyday work whether it's cutting hair or managing the shop or consulting for someone I'm going to do that with way more emphasis on the goal, the, the task at hand, than just needing money. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, the attention I give that is going to be different than right. as if I'm just doing it for the money. Yeah. You know what I mean? So all of this is to just show the next generation. And again, people even younger than me, I say it to the 23-year-olds that sit with me now. It's like, hey, man, what are you doing with your credit? What are you doing with, you know, what? when are you going to buy a house? Like, you know, what? what are your moves for the future? Like, even if it's, learning how to save, like do something to help yourself because I want to see them in a better position at 38 than I am in now. Right. You know what I mean? And that's just people. I just want to see everyone do well. You know what I mean? And although you're not going to get to every soul, you're not going to get to everyone. If you make, if you can try to make a positive impact on yourself, on the people around you, on the community around you, I hope that that turns, you know, those 20 something year olds right now into positive leaders that are going to be leading my kids. You know what I mean? Those are going to be the bosses. You know what I mean? The people that are leading my children into things. So it's, it's just a matter of that. Like these charitable events that I'm talking about, the payback isn't them coming back in to see me here. The payback is, Hey man, 
you, I hope that you one day are in the position to pay it forward. Forward, yeah. You know, pay pay your community. You know what I mean? And it doesn't have to be that you you give money. It could be that hey man, like the the clothes those clothes don't fit you no more. They're still in good. Like give it give it away to somebody that could use it. You know, if it, it, if it means volunteering at the local you know church for you know the homeless to come in and get some food, like volunteer some time. Like it doesn't have to be money all the time. It could be anything and mainly wishing it well like even if you can't donate to a charity even if you can't donate time because you have to work like at least spread the positive word that hey look this local barbershop's doing this i think that's really nice you know yeah. what i mean like oh the, the church is giving back to the to the homeless community like that's really cool you know what i mean like yeah just talk good about it and you know i feel like that comes back to you you know what i mean i'm not doing it for that but i right. feel like you know and you live freer that yeah. way you're you're you know you're more at peace when you when you don't have animosity towards anyone you know what i mean yeah. when you're not holding a grudge towards anyone like that shit takes up a lot of energy yeah dude you know what i mean hate takes up a lot of energy. hate takes up a lot of energy instead yeah. of just loving somebody and yeah you know I'm like gonna hit that real quick that's that's a perfect thing to say right there bro, it's like takes up so much time does. and energy man for nothing bro the example that i give is like when we're you know you're walking you know you're walking past someone in the street it takes more energy to give that person a dirty look than just to go, hey, how you doing? Yep. And, and that, if they say knows? anything back or not, uh, no big deal. But it took, if you give someone a, ugh, it's like so much. Yeah, for nothing. Ugh, for nothing. Mm. You get literally nothing out of that. No, you know? that's wild. So, so it, it, this is a question I always ask uh, someone that grew up speaking two languages. Mm. Do you have a bilingual house now? I try my best. Because I know you, you, your house, it was Spanish only. Spanish only with my mom, yeah. yeah. It still is. Yeah. Still so, is. like, I, I would assume it would have to teach him at some point because your mom is primarily Spanish speaking. Yeah. Yeah. And thankfully, she understands more than she speaks these days. Yeah, because, yeah. You know, of course, with Amanda being primarily English, you know, speaking, it's our house, there is way more English than Spanish. Yeah. But I'm doing the best that I can by implementing, you know, the, the at least for now, the fundamental words you know, to, to have my kids know something. So my idea behind that is, yes, I plan on teaching them how to speak Spanish, but the more I teach them now at a, at a youthful age, and what I love now about schools is that they're implementing a second language at a much younger age than you and I experienced. Oh, really? We, yeah, there, we experienced the second language, at least for me, the second language wasn't um, implemented as a class until ninth grade. Oh, I had it. I want to say I had seventh. Seventh? Yeah. That's cool, man. I, I love hearing French that it was younger. Eighth, yeah. That's cool because the younger you are, the easier it is to learn these things. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so what I hope is that my kids will, yes, they're going to take Spanish as a second language, but I hope that they have at least a head start where like, oh, yeah, my dad, I know these words. I know I know what this means. He's said that to me, you know? And I feel like. And of course, coming back to me yeah. and doing the homework with me. and Yeah, I feel know, like Oliver was pretty good. Yeah. Like, when, cause, when, he does. He does. Really, he's really good at understanding what I'm saying. I can say almost anything to him in Spanish, and he'll respond to me in English. But that means I know that he understands what I'm what I'm asking him. He understands what I'm yeah. saying to him. So I'm like, all right, cool. If it's at least, you know what I mean? It's his ears hearing the language and understanding it, and he might, you know, translate it to English and respond to me in English. Mm -hmm. But he's understanding it. You know, is, is it important for you for your kids to grow up with the same culture that you your mom gave you? And your parents gave you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, a combination of both. Amanda's yeah. culture, the way she grew up, and mine, the way I grew up. It's important because, uh, of course, you know, taking the positive out of both of our cultures, you know? Right. But um, 
you know, yeah. I love, you know, how polite my mom is, how kind she taught us to be, because that's something that I, you know, being polite in this world, sadly, you don't see it so much, yeah. you know, but it's so, it. what does it cost anyone to be polite by me? And I'm talking about say, please say, thank you. You're welcome. Words of like, you know, yeah. like, these are simple things. They cost you nothing, but they get you way further in life. You know right. what I mean? You know, I, I, I'm that OG barber that does it to the kids now. You know, sometimes in the summertime, kids will come in and like, oh, Lou, can I get a bag of chips? And I'm like, no matter their age, I'm like, what's the magic word, bro? Like it all it if you know what I mean? If you say please, I'm going to say I'm going to say yes anyway. But yeah. I'm going to teach you to say please because it just gets you further in life. You know, what I mean, I'm going to teach you to say thank you because I, it gets you so much further in life, you know. Right. And that's uh that's something in our culture that, you know, my mom distilled in us is like, yeah make sure you're kind to people make sure you know what i mean like yeah yeah it just it just it costs you nothing yep an extra breath it costs you nothing but an extra breath but it gets you so much further in life right you know what i mean your mom's a very nice lady yeah she <laughs> is man she, could, I, she couldn't communicate with me a lot but <laughs> she was always nice to me and always offered me food and i hate rice so, <laughs> <laughs> so uh since this cat we're, we're both still rolling that's good i i want you to look into this camera uh because i always like to offer the small business an extra clip that you can post at your own time um so like something useful for your social media right so i want you to look into that camera and kind of tell like a younger barber that's maybe just come out of school and they're nervous to to just do it or you know i mean any anything any positive reinforcement you can give to them yeah absolutely so to any younger or newer people to this industry um i encourage you to ask questions don't be afraid to not know the answer to something like how we all learn is by becoming vulnerable asking questions saying i don't know and um just know that when you're reaching out for help, not everyone's going to be willing to help, but that doesn't, that shouldn't discourage you from asking someone else. Like, you know, unfortunately in the world that we're in, you're probably going to get the door shut on you more than opened, but keep trying, like keep going. Don't let anything stop you from, uh, achieving your goals. And, you know, it could be from learning how to do a certain haircut to learning how to acquire and retain clientele. Either way, ask questions you know um you know and since we're on this i'm here like i i tell people i'm here to help for as much as i can help mm -hmm. so um i might not get back to you within five minutes but at some point in time within that day or two i will get back to you i like to think that i'm really good at responding to people um you know it's it's trying to provide now for the people new to this industry or just younger and leaving high school and getting into this industry i want to be there where no one was there for me. You know, I want to be that positive reinforcement what, that wasn't given to me. Um, you guys heard my story. Sued at 20 years old. That could deter someone from being oh, in yeah. this industry. Um, you know, going through, you know, uh, the party lifestyle and, and drug addiction and all that, that could deter you from being in this industry. Um, but the whole point is to keep going, keep putting your best foot forward, you know, hold yourself accountable, and be coachable, be teachable. The biggest thing with young people today is that, you know, it, it seems like you can't tell them anything because they, you know, think that they already know. And it's like, you know, I'm not saying that you guys can't come and innovate something that we've already been doing, but please be coachable. 
retain the information, try it. And if for whatever reason it doesn't work, then exit, exit it out of your system. But for at least the beginning portion of your career, take in, hone in on all this information, keep what works for you and throw away what doesn't. But that's my biggest thing with uh, someone new to this industry is, you know, again, I'm here. There's so many people out there that are willing to help. Um, but yeah, that that's a perfect place to end it. I appreciate you so much for sitting down with me. I appreciate you, man. I, this is, I was looking forward to this for so yeah. long, man. I'm so proud of you for doing yeah. this, man. This Thank is you. So this is you doing this is another version of inspiration for me because, you know, again, you know, this wasn't you telling your story, but I've seen you grow, Eric, and I, and I wish you 30, 40 more years of even more success. And I, I truly believe, um, you know, from reading the book, The Alchemist, I think this is our story. And I think this is, you know, we're, we're going to be able to, you know, uh, connect the dots mm-hmm. as time goes on. But in the meantime, man, no matter no matter the struggles, no matter the hurdles, you know, just know that you're doing it right, man, because it's all appreciate it, man. Yeah, you know, it, you it so really much. is going to be that this culminates to something. Yeah, really I'm hoping, man. It's it just, is, this, man. I, I, it I, is. I, I really hope so. Let's and enjoy the journey because we're, yeah. we're living the dream right we're, now. It's a wild ride we're living. Yeah, <laughs> well, we're making it, man. Yeah, I appreciate you sitting down with me today. I know your time is valuable, and uh, Amanda's man. probably blowing your phone up. So, right. Amanda, She'll I'm live. sorry that I stalled him for two hours. We love her. Yeah, she's great. I can't wait to. Right, thank you so much. Yeah, Everybody no listening, thank you so much, man. It's just my story. Please reach out if you have any questions, anything at all. I'm here for it. But I appreciate it, man. This again, has man. been uh, episode five of season my two uh, so with humbled. Lewis Bravo. Yeah, I'm full government. L-U-I-S. Ah. Not <laughs> make sure you spell it right. He has a tattoo on his leg if you need to make sure you got the spelling right. Oh, yeah. man, that yeah. is really true. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Come on, man. Oh, shit. <laughs> we are on location today. LB Cuts. Uh, all the links uh, to the... Actually, you want to shout out your barbershop's uh, Instagram real quick? Yeah, our shop's Instagram is uh, at lbcuts.phl. And my personal is Lou Bravo Hair. So, yeah, get on there, follow us, check it out. And, uh, again, I'm here if you guys have any questions at all. Thank you so much for listening. This has been a humble, humble experience for me. I'm super yeah. grateful for it all, man. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm thank you for being here. This episode will air um, Thursday, 8 p.m., and uh, all the other collateral will come out a couple days after. So thank you guys for tuning in, as always. It's been Talk with Tonka, Season 2, Episode 5 with Louis Bravo. Thank you all so much. You all have a good night. Peace.